How's it going, my fellow Americans? Welcome back to the show. It's time for another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am your host, Andrew for America. And today, we're not going to have any punk rock featured today because I'm going to share with you a very long episode. This is uh, my appearance on the AM Wake Up Show with Steve, uh, assigned hillbilly at birth. And we had an awesome conversation. Uh, we talked about AI slaughter bots. Uh, we talked about the algorithms and the censorship and the surveillance. And uh, we talked about uh, stand-up comedian Ryan Long's hilarious comedy. Uh, we went all over the place. We talked about Minneapolis. We talked about punk rock. And how all of our punk rock icon heroes ended up being posers. Um, I've been kind of talking about a lot of similar talk topics uh, out on a lot of the shows I've been doing. So if you guys are listening to every episode of my podcast, I apologize for the redundancy of uh, the Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> uh, I often have to do introductions of myself and you guys hear me. Continually say I used to be in the military, did two Western Pacific deployments, was a punk rock artist for 15, 20 years, played all over the Southwestern United States, read all over, read all the books I possibly could for 20 years, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sorry that that's probably getting boring to you down since day one listeners, so um, apologies. But I got to do that when I go out on these new shows. They're inevitably going to ask me who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing and how I got into podcasting and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we start off with that in this show. We talk about Maui, of course, directed energy weapons, how podcasters are possibly going to get deplatformed and shadow banned. And uh, I, think I kind of already touched on that. We talk about a lot of stuff, guys. Uh, so I don't want to bore you with a long intro on everything. Uh, I'm going to just get on with the show so let's hit a commercial and when we come back i'm going to share with you my fellow americans episode 158 my appearance on the am wake up show with steve it's awesome go grab a beverage strap on your seatbelts. it's gonna be a bumpy long ride <laughs> um it's a, uh, it's uh kind of funny we i don't know if he aired it on his feed this episode i'm not sure because uh i made the rookie bonehead move of having my webcam microphone set and i had a fan on at the beginning of the show and uh he was telling me that the, he got a producer note and they said that it was difficult to hear and understand me and and when i originally got the audio from them uh, over at the AM Wake Up Show, I was really low in the mix, and so I had to do some editing on my end to bring my voice up on this, and, and so I re-edited it. Uh, you're probably going to get a better-sounding version here on my show, on my feed today, than you would over there, so apologies if you uh, saw the show versus just listened to it. You saw uh, and listened, or I'm sorry, you heard it probably much better. So glad you guys got to check that out. If you did see it uh, while it was live, aired. Uh, but that won't happen in the future. I know to check my microphone settings before I go on a show from now on. And uh, it got a little bumpy, like I said, because um, 
Steve's out on a farm. He's got a lot of chickens out there on the farm, and they started clucking up a storm uh, throughout this episode, and it's kind of funny. It kind of gives us some comic relief because we were diving down some rabbit hole topics, and then there'd be a lull, and you'd just hear a caca. <laughs> so it's a kind of humorous, entertaining episode. We talk about Alex Jones as well. We talk about uh, California and the Coastal Commission and the wildfires. Uh, interestingly, lining up right along where they wanted to build the high-speed rail project. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, we go over a lot of stuff, people. So let's hit a commercial, and when we come back, on with the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening, everybody? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, wherever you're hanging out. Do I have this stuff right? Looks like it. Yes, sir. Lizzie AM, wake up. Uh, it is the 21st of August uh, in 2023, and holy crap. That that wild. Uh Chris is gonna be in and out today. He did send me a message earlier this morning. His he's got a sick kiddo at home. Um I went and drove across the state and back yesterday to take my kids back so they could go to school. Um, all that kind of nonsense. We do have so he'll be he'll be in when he can, but he's like, you know, we're running around the house trying to take care of a sick kiddo. Um so that's gonna happen. And then I'm not going to stand on ceremony too much or do the usual opening. Let's take 28 minutes to bullshit before we bring the guest in because the guest is here. Uh, so that's awesome. From the uh, politics and punk rock podcast, man, we've got Andrew for America. What's happening, my friend? How you doing? How's it going, man? Thanks for long, having me. Long may she wave. Long may she wave. I like that. How's it going? Morning. Uh, it's early. Whew. Yeah, yeah. I I am absolutely worthless past like 11 o'clock in the morning. I just <laughs> try to get it all out right up front all at once. And then, you know, the rest of the day I could be a, a, a useless piece of shit for, you know. And, and a true, a true member of this, you know, Instant gratification, nonstop, 24-7, news cycle, distraction, fear, porn culture that we live in. That's mm. how I try to to, uh, to fit in after the show, because I do nothing. <laughs> yeah, um, I find a lot of podcasters these days are retreating from society in, in every possible way for multiple obvious reasons. So, yeah, I don't blame you one bit. Actually, as it happens, we're kind of do like I have retreated from society, but we're we're using that as an excuse to bring society to wherever we are, or at least people who want to talk about the same shit that we do. But uh, yeah, yeah, I spent I spent like 15 months in Vegas. That was a little bit too much of city for me. Um, so I have I have returned 
to uh, to the middle of freaking nowhere, and I like it way better out here for sure. Yeah, I'm thinking about long term uh, getting farther away from the cities uh, as possible, and I think that the day the day will come where I really seriously start thinking about it is when they start pushing everybody that still wants to live in rural America off of their land in some way, shape, or form to push them into these 15-minute cities that they're cooking up uh, over in Davos. So, you know, someone's going to have to fight first. And, uh, if you know, Bill Gates continues to buy up the farmland like he has been, it's only a matter of time before, you know, rural people are pushed out and into cities, and that's going to be a sad day if that occurs. Well, and there's been a lot of movement in that direction over the last few years. The it certainly, I mean, you brought up Bill Gates, but I mean, even to the point to where um, some of the uh, Blackguard or Blackguard, Blackrock, Vanguard, um, what's Buffett's um, Berkshire, Berkshire Hathaway? Hathaway. Um, those those kind of companies, along with a number of international business consortiums own a ton of u.s farmland canada um well canada just sold smithfield farms to china recently um but uh which brought china up a little bit didn't really move canada canada is still the largest foreign owner of u.s farmland even with the recent purchase of smithfield by the chinese uh but we've got a ton of foreign interests that own a ridiculous amount of farmland and all of those foreign interests are 100% in line with that Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum agenda where they're trying to make sure that what used to be farmland is uh, is now just a couple of bug factories and I don't know, a little robot brothel or some shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I just did an episode... Um, it was entitled Infiltrate, Overcome, Acquire, which is the playbook of the CIA and the intelligence community when they're trying to imperialize and empire build. And um, I made the argument that I feel like that's what's happening in the United States right now. There's such media attention on the southern border and how uh, people are just flooding into the country illegally between the ports, at the ports now. I was talking about Alejandro Mayorkas and how he just tiptoes around the situation. He's completely a stooge of the Biden administration. And I made the argument that they might be in the chi- in the pocket of China. And it's interesting that there's so much attention on the southern border because what's quietly occurring on the northern border is a nice little cushy relationship going on between Xi Jinping and Castro up there. <laughs> Uh, they're training Chinese military police up there. There's Chinese forces up there. Like you just said, they're selling off uh, some of their uh, you know, business um, opportunities. I guess they're giving it to China. There's a nice little partnership. And you know, we need to be very aware and attentive to what's going on both south and north of our borders as we speak. Without a doubt. Um, Andrew, I'm, I'm getting a producer note saying that the people listening are having a, a difficult time hearing you. It does sound like there's like kind of a fan or something in between you and your voice. I just turned the fan off. Sorry. Oh, listeners. okay. That's what it was. I didn't Maybe. know I was getting picked up. Is that better? <laughs> it's the, the superior equipment that you're using, my friend. That's what it is. <laughs> um, there we go. 
Is it yeah, is it hot as balls where you are? I'm not even sure where you are. Been, um, so I'm in Minnesota. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it's been ridiculously hot up here lately. So sorry about the fan. Yeah, I've been trying to keep oh, okay. keep cool. But I'm I, every uh, every I guess it was fall. Like it, we would wind down the summer and then be there through Halloween. So yeah, it would fall. But I would do uh, the Minnesota Renaissance Festival there in uh, oh, Sha- yeah. Shakopee. Oh yeah, you're familiar with that area. Nice. Yep, that's yeah. a good deal here in Minnesota, that's for sure. It definitely is, man. It definitely is. I had a, a handful of friends in Minneapolis back in the day that I had a couple of friends that used to own a place called Cactus Tattoo in Mankato. Oh yeah. Uh, right down uh, the street, about an hour away, huh? Yeah. Mankato's fun. I had a blast there. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure people make fun of it and shit, but I, I don't know. Twenty some years ago, when I went through for a few weeks, I had a ball. But... Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a college town. Lots of uh, lots of partying and fun fun times go down in Mankato. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> Minnesota, dude. This I, it's y'all motherfuckers are crazy. You are. <laughs> Yeah, you guys I mean, don't. If you don't know, if you're not familiar, and and are you like, um, okay, I got I, you'll understand this because you're from Minnesota. But I have a buddy named Colin Cross, and Colin is uh uh fucking weird, fucking weird. <laughs> but he so and he's got cousins all over Minnesota as you do. And everybody's got at least a boat, if not some place that you can stay on one of the seven billion lakes in yep. the state. And for like, for an entire summer, all Colin would do is take his boat around to different lakes so he could ride the boat around listening to the I'm on a boat song. And that's just what he wanted to do. <laughs> his whole fucking summer was he had like tollies of fucking Schaefer's and fucking running around on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of uh, seasonal boating. We get we get uh, we pack as much in the summertime and early spring, early fall. I'm sorry, late spring, early fall as we can because the rest of the year it's below 30, 20, 10 degrees Fahrenheit. It's cold probably seven months out of the year up here. Uh, unbearable cold probably three of those seven months. So. Yeah, it takes a certain kind of crazy moron idiot to live in the state of Minnesota. Um, I moved back from San Diego about eight years ago. I lived out there after I was in the military. I, was, I lived out in California for 17 years, and I miss it every day. But uh, I'm so glad I'm gone now with what's going on out in California. And Minnesota is a great, uh, great place with uh, still uh, what's left of traditional morality, values, virtues, uh, principles, etc. So... I like being here. I hate the weather, but uh, lots to do. Lots of, a lot of people are moving here, and uh, like I said, people are trying to get away from the super overcrowded cities and all that kind of shit. So it, it would be it would be cool if the people looking to get out of the super crowded cities didn't come anywhere near here. We're, yeah, we're already we're already too crowded. It's already too many people. I had a friend. Uh, I had a friend that a few years ago was like, "Don't tell anybody how fun Minneapolis is. Don't tell anybody. Keep it a secret. Don't tell anybody." And there's some truth to that. It, it, there are some pockets of Minneapolis that are terrible, but there are, are also places that are a really good time, and there's still some 
nightlife and culture going on. So, Minneapolis again, and I apologize. I just I haven't been there in like you know twenty years or something like that. But Minneapolis has always been pretty fucking fun, dude. Yeah, they had a fantastic music scene. For sure, that's, um, the, big, that's the big thing here. Is the music scene is what was what I'm a part of the most for sure. So. I got, yeah, well, my buddy Justin came out from Minneapolis, fucking, um, oh, dude, it's, yeah, it is, it's like, it, it's, it's a lot, one of my favorite dive bars, too, is in Minneapolis, it's a, a it's a, well, kind of a scary bar, I think, maybe now at this point, but, uh, Palmer's, oh, yeah, uh, which Palmer's. is just, so oh, yeah. years ago, years ago, my buddy Redneck Josh, who lived, uh, outside of Minneapolis a little bit, um, his buddy and his buddy's dad like it was it was their bar at the time like you were still stepping over crackheads in order to go get a drink oh, yeah. and shit like that there was still <laughs> you know a a pimp actually selling pussy out of the bar and shit like that but it was it, it was you know his buddy's bar so we felt way more comfortable and man that place gets interesting Oh, yeah. The further into the night you go, but shouts to Palmer's, dude. That, yeah, that Palmer's, place was Palmer's wrecked rock. me. Yeah, I'll give them a shout out too. So I used to play in a punk rock band uh, here in the town when I first moved back, called the Launch, and uh, the Launch played at Palmer's Bar quite a bit. And I first found out about Palmer's Bar uh, when I was going to punk rock shows at uh, the Triple Rock, uh, R.I.P. That was right down the street, one of the biggest punk rock venues. Uh, in the circuit of touring punk rock bands. I mean, No Effects did a song called C and Double at the Triple Rock. Uh, Dillinger 4, the guys from Dillinger 4, the punk rock band here out of Minneapolis, owned that place, and sadly they had to sell it. But lots of great memories of that little stretch of street <laughs> from Triple Rock down to Palmer's Bar, playing on that little triangular stage in the back corner. Good good times. Fuck yeah. Dude. All right. So, um, so if people aren't familiar with with your show or you a little bit give us kind of uh an idea of you know that we're getting we're getting it trickled out through natural conversation was what i like but um just give us kind of a an overview a little bit and uh and and i've got a handful of different things in the dock for the day that uh i thought maybe we could pull up take a look at and and talk about a little bit sure yeah, so uh, my, my show is called the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Uh, my tagline is it's uh, a podcast for intelligent truth seekers that love punk rock music and have an earnest desire to save the world. And uh, I talk about the media, government, philosophy. Uh, I, I used to be an avid reader. Uh, I was in the military. I was an operations specialist, second class petty officer uh, on a uh, Marine Expeditionary Unit was on my ship. I was on an amphibious transport dock out of San Diego for four years. Uh, did two Western Pacific deployments, one in 97, one in 99. So uh, I traveled all over the world in the military uh, on a Navy ship before I could even legally drink in the United States. I often say uh, I, was, I joined the Navy when I was 18. I got out when I was 22. So I couldn't even have alcohol <laughs> until my third year in the Navy. So uh, got out of the military and stayed in San Diego. Uh, I started playing in bands out there uh, while I was still in the service. And uh, when I got out, I went and, uh, gosh, I was getting show. My bands were getting shows all over the city, and I started developing a nice little fan base there. And it was a really good time. I was having dreams of rock stardom, and so uh, 
During that time, I started going to community college. I started getting really into reading old philosophy and political science and uh, some of the conspiratorial secret society stuff. I started getting into all that kind of uh, reading material and then transferred to San Diego State University, graduated with a BA in sociology from there. So I've seen the liberal arts uh, inner workings as well as uh, the United States military's inner workings. So I feel like I have a uh, experience base where I can kind of confidently talk and speak on topics that are traditionally left-wing, right-wing, libertarian, uh, constitutional, etc. So my show um, was the brainchild of that. When the podcast movement began, I always thought that it would be cool, a cool thing to do. I'm a creative person. And I was like, well, what would I do it on? What would I, what do I have to say? What do I know? What am I good at? So I developed the Politics and Punk Rock podcast where I, I talk about the crazy shit that's going on in the world for an hour or so, maybe longer, depending on the topic. Uh, and then I'll end the show on the third segment uh, featuring a punk rock band. And I'll play one or two show, uh, one or two songs, rather, uh, by some band. And I've, I've, I've been reaching out to a lot of bands. I started a playlist of all the bands I've ever played on the show cool. on Spotify. And uh, it's been going well. I'm three years into it now. And, my, you know, it seems like the uh, listenership is growing all the time. And uh, it's been a really good good time. And I've been getting recently invited out on a lot of other shows Uh so I appreciate that. Thanks for having me here. And uh, I'm going to keep the train going down the track, see how far I can take it. So, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I need new. I need new punk rock in my life. Oh, yeah. who, who is, and I thought, I thought that we would see like a huge resurgence of legitimate punk rock and legitimate hip hop for that matter. I'm trying Coming to out of that fire. I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to bring punk rock back to uh, the forefront in a time where it is needed now more than ever. So, uh, yeah. It, well, and we definitely need new faces in that genre who are legitimately standing up to authority and legitimately rejecting the megalomaniacal pig whims of fucking pedophile fucking sycophant yeah it's so oh, man, it, there's there's been such a fucking gap and everybody who's watching those there for a while dude if you just wanted me to go into a, a Tourette's fit all you had to do was mention jello that's all you had oh, to do was bring them up i know and i would i feel the same i would unwind a little bit um my situational Tourette's doesn't kick in as much over that anymore <laughs> um mostly because i well, have seen well <laughs> fuck that and fuck that guy okay I let's know, be honest I, fuck that I mean guy. he pushed the jab i mean it's the most unpunk rock poser shit you could ever do i know i know okay and everybody and i apologize you guys i do because you've already heard this but there's he did a fucking live stream from his goddamn little bungalow with a mask on indoors talking about how voting for joe biden is harm reduction the and Illuminati that was got to him man <laughs> they turned to man he took the blood oath i'm telling you <laughs> i saw him in i want to say i want to say it was uh either 2016 or 2017 but it was a, at hardly strictly bluegrass festival in golden gate park and um he came out 
in like you know basically like a, the freaking uh patchless or armbandless nazi uniform and the whole thing was about donald trump and i'm like dude I know donald trump's been that. in office for 10 minutes yeah dude we had a lot of problems with with the other guy oh, too and 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 i don't hear nothing about and you're supposed to be you know you're supposed to have removed yourself from this two-party duopoly illusion bullshit and you were supposed to have a at least a more you know a more complete picture if not a complete picture you're supposed to have a more complete picture you did 20 years ago yeah i mean back when he was fighting the pmrc and tipper gore was coming after music uh they were on the oprah winfrey show i actually played a couple clips of that on a previous uh, episode of mine where i talked about uh how punk rock jello was on that tv show and what you know there was another clip i played where this guy was saying you know punk rock made me but i don't claim it anymore because i remember uh you know fat mike and jello and all these old school punk rockers telling me to fight the system and, and damn the man and then as soon as they got popularity and got some money they started telling me who to go vote for it's like it's the definition of being a poser you flip it you flipped you turned on all of us how can we respect you anymore it's tough it's tough watching time pass and principles and values and virtues just kind of fall by the wayside for some people and that i ain't never going to be that person but you know these things happen I mean, I I grew up uh, spending enough. I had cousins in Racine, Wisconsin. Uh, they had a whole bunch of friends down in Kenosha and shit like that. And so I spent a lot of time in those areas and uh, was, you know, in in bars and basements and shit like that with uh, bands that Fat Mike was in before No Effects. And that dude's always kind of just been a douchey fucking go along to get along idiot i don't know like yeah. the, the fat mike didn't surprise me and he's yeah, got a I great mean, record company he's just kind of a piece of shit yeah, yeah i mean i think a lot of people would tend to agree with you <laughs> yeah uh, the track but, record's yeah. there you know i mean it speaks for itself I, I mean if anyone that's been in the punk rock scene for any length of time is aware of how you know like you said like there's i mean i get kids coming on my social media all the time that are woke as woke can be telling me that it's not punk rock to share Thomas soul quotes. And I'm like, why are you, ra are, are you racist? Are you mad because Thomas soul is a black guy? And like, I'll turn their own bullshit narratives, right? on, turn them on their heads. I'll attack you with your own bullshit. And, and these kids, they, they don't even know what punk rock is. They don't know the, the roots of it. They don't know the anti-establishment, uh, anarchy without rulers vibe. That is the true, definition in my humble opinion of what punk rock was always supposed to be and it's it's bad like it's been it's been usurped it's been infiltrated by whatever this new culture is for these young kids and man I, i'm i'm afraid for our future it's kind of the natural progression of that genre though because punk was was it came out of the cities mm-hmm you know, like there, there was a very specific, it was a very specific response to a very specific, like industrial problem. 
for sure. Yeah, industrial political problem, I guess. You can make that argument about England too, and like the new wave of British heavy metal, it, all the way back to you know Ozzy and Zeppelin and all those bands that came out of that industrial, you know, lots of uh, cultural political turmoil, all that stuff. Absolutely. And so I guess my my point to that is is that as that became popularized and then commercialized, the same thing that happened to to hip hop and the same thing really that happens to music, yep. it just it gets uh, it gets out into the suburbs, and then suburban kids with instruments copy how to play it, yep. and they think they're punk. And then they can go to the mall and they can buy a lifestyle and they can go out and they can do dumb little suburban kid shit and think that they're badasses. And the, you guys, the, there was a literal war to get Nazis and racist skins out of the punk movement. Like mm -hmm. people put on uniforms before they went out and you could tell by the laces on your shoes or a couple of different patches or shit like that, who you were going to be fighting that night. Yeah. Like, and, and it was highly political and it was highly, I, it was fuck dude. It wasn't sitting around in um a goddamn san francisco suburb like burlingame for example let's say that you were doing that and you went to, to hot topic and you bought your manic panic you put it on your hair then you <laughs> grabbed a brand new guitar and plugged it into your brand new amp and, and played fucking clash and you know ramones covers like it, uh no, the soul went out of it. All it went, the, the the whole genre went through a soul rendering process, the same way that fucking hip hop did, the same way that the you know country music for that matter did, or anything that originated in a fucking you know field or a warehouse. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, it's got a I, the do it yourself movement, the era that we're in, self production, all of that stuff has given me a lot of hope in a resurgence of of real sort of you know response oriented or I did my own critical thinking oriented music. Uh, and so I'm, you know I'm waiting for yep. it, seeing it here and there. Well, and I think that there are uh, you know I when I'm featuring punk rock bands on the show, uh, I typically will try to pick songs that the lyrical content kind of themes up with the topic that I was talking about. And I'm increasingly it's increasingly becoming easier and easier for me to do that because some of these newer punk rock bands are starting to write from a little bit more of a of a nationalistic, uh, you know, and when I say nationalist, I mean like anti-globalist, uh, let's still keep America, America frame of mind. People are starting to wake up. They're starting to see, you know, we've had a generation of bullshit media ever since 9-11, uh, lying to us about what's going on in the world and i made the argument on my show multiple times that now parents are passing down to their children not to trust these news organizations because they've been lied to for 20 plus years and i mean they were lied to even before that but now it's becoming aware in the next generation people are it's like an oral tradition people are passing down to their children don't trust that like look for uh reputable news uh, sources and if you can't do that 
do your own research or whatever. It's becoming more increasingly difficult for people to get real information with AI and the computers and the digital world. And that's why I always tell people you've got to go buy physical softcover, hardcover books and start stockpiling them like they do in V for Vendetta. Because one day, with if, if all books and all knowledge and information goes digital, they can just remove them and take stuff out of the public consciousness and we are going to get stupider and stupider and stupider and it's going to be easier and easier and easier for them to roll out this new world order so with that being said we need punk rockers that are anti new world order globalist uh authoritarian statist uh want to control and dominate you with monopoly on power and force and that's what's happening and it, it, it it's I, I can't remember who said it but like so I think it gets attributed to Orwell, but the quote that in the 21st century, the political divide will no longer be between conservatives and liberals. It'll, between, it'll be between authoritarians and libertarians. And that's the most punk rock quote I think I can come up with in this moment uh, on this topic. is it, it's, it's, the, it's not the red versus blue, it's the state versus you. Yep, yep. Yeah, I... I I see. I do see. Uh, I do see people come coming around to this, and then they throw election season at you, and everybody's brains kind of. Yeah, TV show. Yeah, yeah, and it is, dude. It is. Fuck. I had a reality TV host as president for four fucking years, and that guy, that guy, that guy's in the WWE Hall of Fame as a pretend villain. And, and people are still like, no, this is real. This is totally real. You had mentioned woke idiots coming on to your social media to tell you about what music is that they tell weren't alive for. To, to tell me what punk rock is. So <laughs> this is semi-related, Andrew. Semi-related. And I just saw it in our producer chat this morning. The the woke have eaten Freddie Mercury. <laughs> it... <laughs> Fat Bottom Girls got nuked from the latest release of Queen's Greatest Hits when a gay man can't sing a fictitious song about his older nanny who was dragging a wagon and, and took his totally straight manhood from him. When you can't sing that song or you can't release that song, we, we fully fucking jumped the shark, dude. This is this well, is not this entire this entire movement. I've I've been making the argument for a long time that this is all distraction away from the fact that our government has been failing on policy for the past twenty years. And when you're failing on po policy, especially in an election year, you pivot to a culture war. You run the divide and conquer agenda, and you pit people against each other so that they are not focusing on the bigger picture. And this is what they want us arguing about. They want us arguing about gay men transgenderism not like this is all distraction this is all mind control manipulation that distracts the average american away from the real problems that are happening in this world as we speak i demand we go after rod stewart for maggie may next i demand it that was a may september romance on on, on the woman's uh, or made yeah, so yeah yeah, no, we've got to do it, Andrew. We've got to systematically go through all of music everywhere and just start 
yanking things that might offend the delicate sensibilities of campus Marxists and whatever kids they manage to adopt. I mean, we got to be talking about this stuff and given the counter arguments and the counter perspective uh, to what the mainstream is because they're not getting it. People are not getting it from TV screens. You know, the big five media co co uh, corporations give you left-wing news, they give you right-wing news, they control all the narrative and talking points, they skew it in certain directions, they try to pull an emotional uh, response out of you that you will just go with and not think about it deeply. Uh, it, it's a, it's a well-oiled machine of bullshit, and most people never take the time to, to really look deeper at the issues that they just accept what they're told, and, um, well, it's understood. People need to be talking about it. Cool. It's understood, though, that that thinking about it too hard or asking a question, God forbid, is treason. And so it's kind of wired now part as part of the, the mainstream consciousness that, you know, if you stick your head up a little bit too hard, everybody's going to come by to take it out. And the, because there's because there is balance to the universe, because there is balance in nature, there's a timeline for that kind of reaction. There's it, the the sell by date, I think, is rapidly approaching for, um, you know, you really can't fucking cancel it, anybody anymore especially if you're hacky enough to just make a political point out of it and be like but the joe biden people said so i'm gonna be friends with the other people and you know then they'll boost you up for that if you but there you can't without removing you completely from the internet it's not like oh you said a bad so you have to go away now really works at least for the reasons that they're they're stating people are kind of like nah we're going to need you to explain this a little bit better. Well, explanations is what they don't want. I feel like that's this deeper second level of thinking about an issue, uh, you know, de debating a topic respectfully without ad hominem slinging. Like it, it's that stuff doesn't go on. Like, I don't even do they even have debate class in schools anymore? Do they have argumentation classes, to, you know? Do you have to pay to go get a law degree in order to learn, you know, basic uh, case building in a court of law? I mean, that's basically what anyone that's trying to prove truth versus reality is trying to do. They're trying to build a, a case with supporting facts and evidence. And if you don't even care about facts or evidence, <laughs> what are we talking about? And that's and that's what a lot of this um, media, like you said, the 24-hour news cycle, that's what it is. It's intended to just be overstimulating to the point where you just say fuck it i'm not going to pay attention and that's not good for freedom sovereignty no we we've all. made we've made outsourcing your critical thinking uh a a national trait and, and one to be lauded and that that is definitely more than a little bit disconcerting there's um dude okay have, have you been paying attention to what's going on in, in Maui? All that kind of I've shit. Been, yeah, actually, it's funny that you bring that up because I was just I just did a few shows and I was like, you know what? This there's so many stories coming out of that that I haven't even brought up. I've kind of just been watching everything and kind of paying attention. But 
Um, are you familiar with the Sean Ryan show? He's, I think, I feel like he was an old CIA guy or intelligence community guy. Well, anyway, he just recently had a guy on that said, I have with my own eyes down in Antarctica seen uh, directed energy weapons. This guy's claiming on podcasts now that these things exist. And when you see some of the video uh, about what happened in Maui, I mean, it is very questionable how precise some of this burning land uh, looks like. And uh, apparently, allegedly, all these rich people have houses out there that weren't touched at all, were left unscathed. And allegedly, a lot of the locals have for a long time been in conflict with the corporations and the big money trying to come into that area. So I think there's a lot of uh, fodder for conspiracy theories <laughs> with this story, for sure. I mean, it's it's not the it's not whether a question of uh, do direct energy weapons exist because they do and they have for a very very long time and there's reports by the freaking DOD that go back to the early 2000s talking about a continuation of the program from the 70s Lockheed Martin on their website since like 2014 or 15 has fucking real time demonstrations of what their directed energy weapons can do yep. it, it so it, it's not and we were talking about this uh, with Ryan Christian. The that should already be put to bed. Like we shouldn't be having the the, the question, uh, you know, or the debate over are they real? Because of course they're real. And I, I've I make the same real quick. I make the same argument about the weather modification. Is it real? Is it not? It's a factual thing that occurs in reality. I, I said on my show, just ask anyone that lives in Dubai. Because they yeah. get advanced warning on when it's going to rain because it's a desert and the technology has advanced to that point. But nobody in the United States has heard about that. They're still trying to get you to believe that the United Nations and the World Economic Forum want you, you know, they're, they're going to control the climate and they're going to say climate change is the reason why we need to do X, Y, and Z. I mean, it's a, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's like, it, it's like the, I've made the argument on my show, it's like fiat currency in the Federal Reserve System. It's fake. It's, mm -hmm. it's it's engineered <laughs> they control both sides of the argument it's like the hegelian dialectic so if you can't see that then i mean more podcasters like us need to be talking about this stuff so that the average person can get these ideas in their head sooner yeah. rather than later <laughs> and i i do i think that a big part of that is getting people together in three dimensions so that you can to see people in human form in all three dimensions and it's really one of the only places where you're not going to be you, you might be mildly surveilled maybe depending on your location but if you don't bring your devices with you it's way harder to have that conversation recorded all that kind of shit just just for operational security measures but it's important to be together in person anyway uh, and that's what uh t snyder who has a show called conspiracy synergy i don't know if you're familiar with it or not it's fantastic cool. he does just wonderful fucking wonderful short films for the most part cool. um but he and i have been trying every wednesday we're trying to get people to 
uh, you know, get up off the couch, go out, hang out in public with other fucking weirdos who to have like-minded ideas and maybe want to, you know, grow some food and maybe somebody has a, a bullet making machine. And maybe exactly. somebody has some carpentry skills and shit like that. And, and, yep. and so we're, we're doing that. And I'm, I, I can, we'll have a full thing about it on Wednesday for Tisa's segment. But if you're in or around Colorado, Colorado Springs, Pueblo, shit like that in Pueblo at the blowback gallery, second week of October, we're going to be doing uh, a, a carnival type event surrounded uh surrounding conspiracies um or at least like i don't know dude i'm gonna explain it poorly because i'm underslept but so that's why i'm not doing the full but it's gonna be cool as fuck we're gonna have live music we're gonna have some comics we're gonna have some speakers i'm going to try to make it out there charlie robinson from macroaggressions show the union of the wanted has attached himself to the project um and then I talked to Sam Tripoli on the phone for a bit yesterday, and he's into trying to make make himself available for that. So very cool. That's, yeah. that's awesome. I was just uh, I was just getting ready. Actually, this week sometime I'm going to do a White Rabbit podcast with Catalyst Jones, and he just had Charlie Robinson on. That was a great episode. Love Charlie Robinson. Love Macroaggressions. One of the best pods out there. Love that show. Charlie's rad, man. He yeah. is. Um, um... Great insights that's a a fella that i'm glad i got to glad i got to know a bit over the years fun yeah, big fan big fan of his podcast and that's awesome i don't know if i can get to colorado by then but uh i like that i like that idea of setting up events like that and um i think uh who's the guy out of san diego matt baker uh was doing yeah, yeah. liberty con and the, yes uh I forget what it's Liberty something American Liberty Festival. Or the American Liberty Awards. Yeah, this this program was nominated for, nice. for one That's of awesome. those. As a matter of fact. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So uh, I was just on uh, talk at the tavern with him uh, on Ghost Show, um, My Third Eye podcast, and uh, he and I chatted on there for the first time, and I told him I was like a big fan of what you're doing out in San Diego, man. So I like the community that we're building. Nice. And the hope is people look at something like this and, and and go, oh, well, that looks like it might be fun. Oh, well, that looks like it didn't cost too much money. I I think we could do that. For sure. You know. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, going back to that, uh, the my belief that it's important to buy physical books, that's uh, some of the stuff that we need to be hoarding in book form is how to grow food how to create aqueducts and water systems, how to, how to plumb and do, you know, sewage and like all the stuff that we're going to need to build in the event that the cyber attack or the EMP blast destroys our technological infrastructure. And some people have been saying that if that happens, 60% of us got about four weeks to live. So we better get on the stick. Yup. Yup. So, I mean, and here's, if you're, if you're one of those people that is considering, you know, well, I just probably, should probably find a little patch of land, get the fuck out, something like that. And you're not asking yourself immediately, where is my water coming from and where is my poo going? First then questions. You're doing it wrong. Yep. Absolutely. It's Could pretty important. Pretty important. Pretty critical. Yep. And uh, 
I mean, it's going to be tough to find soil that doesn't have GMO seeds owned by Bill Gates anymore. I mean, it's we're in tough. I'm telling you, like it's an uphill battle. I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's impossible, but boy, <laughs> we better get busy. <laughs> well, and to that point, there are a number of people that have been. This is what we've been doing for the better part of the year on the show, or at least the last several months lately. Is you know making sure that we've got people coming through that are actively doing the work that have already that can show current proof of work of what you know what they're doing in terms of trying to extricate themselves from the technocratic shithole and um and to to i mean i'm not trying to brag here it's been a success because they've already been successful doing it it has nothing to do with you know the the show necessarily it's just we're figuring out where they are and then bringing them on and showing everybody hey you can already do this that's awesome because this is examples for sure Mm -hmm. and and really it's the idea that um even the 40 percent of the people that would make it the four weeks after that that shit went down that are all going to to have the same sort of ideas about what governance or society or anything like that looks like is is silly but if you have uh enough people in a community working together to better that community where they can still go home and lead their own independent lives then you've got a much better chance of writing this out than if you're just stuck not knowing any of your neighbors' names, living in constant fear of a world that you don't participate in, and having your entire existence be dopamine hits for saying the right woke buzzwords online. Completely agree with all that. Yep. It's, uh, you know, this artificial intelligence world is, you know, we often talk about... um, you know, Terminator into Matrix, the predictive programming that they put in the movies and stuff, and, and uh, you know, Keanu Reeves coming out and saying that the Matrix was a documentary. <laughs> and when you think through the logical progression of artificial intelligence over time, we know that there's a small group of very powerful people in this world that want us to merge with machines, the transhumanists. And over time, you know, maybe, maybe humanity is supposed to be um maybe, maybe it wasn't supposed to exist forever maybe merging with machines is how we become immortal gods and maybe there are extraterrestrial civilizations out there in the universe that that you know are way more technologically advanced and maybe they seeded this planet we're just the birth child of this extraterrestrial race like people have these conversations about ancient alien theory and our, our ancient uh, ancestors and you know is is it a heliocentric universe is it a flat earth like there's so many questions and belief systems out there that people are talking about more and more now than i think before uh the dawn of computers and like look look at us right now we're we're able to talk to people all over the world via technology so it's a blessing and a curse but when you think through the logical progression of artificial intelligence it logically follows that maybe some type of robot terminator may become self-aware and turn on humanity and then over time maybe we will eventually be just plugged into machines in these little pods of gelatinous goo with all these cords stuck to us where our our brains are jacked into this matrix world of of bullshit artificial intelligence 
uh, imaging and projections and whatever. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy that, I mean, I sound like a tinfoil hat wearing nut job just talking about these concepts, but when you look at where the world is going, it's not too far off. <laughs> There's a fine line between reality and fantasy these days. And I feel like the computers and the technology are making that more and more of a reality. I uh, I, I get I get my my unintentional moments of grounding from uh, and my getting pulled back into physical uh, physical meat space frequently <laughs> because the fucking chickens are under the house and there's sheet metal under there and they were like knocking around on it. And I don't know if you can hear it, but I can I, definitely kind of hear in the it. Background. Yeah, it's not that bad though. Yeah, <laughs> maybe to you it is. <laughs> so I, I, you know, as mu as much as we talk about all of this shit, it, and especially in terms of, oh no, this is real. It's not science fiction anymore. Here's the video. Here's these people doing it. Here's this. Here's that. It, it is nice occasionally to get snapped out of it by a. Um, before I get into some of the AI stuff, though, you had mentioned earlier that there are people, there's like a generation growing up who's now mistrustful of uh, corporate outlets, For media sure. outlets. And so here's how one of those corporate outlets is spinning it. Teens are much more likely to believe online conspiracy claims than adults. Well, that could be, that could be because... Even children uh, 13 to 17 have uh, have watched all of this bullshit come down in real time where the complete, you know, just fucking overt capture of the the media industrial complex has taken place. Um, but yeah, they're saying, oh, no, look, they're they're believing crazy conspiracy theories over on the TikTok. Because you're using TikTok and and uh, what Instagram search engines, and that's where people are getting their news. So that's why you've got to get rid of the news on these platforms, or at least all of the the people who are talking outside of the official narrative, because it's hurting the children. It's hurting them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And uh, I mean, there are people that say that part of the artificial intelligence thing too is. I think I actually have a clip of uh, Matt Taibbi talking about how, you know, it, the more digital things go, like even in the stock market, like, you know, BlackRock's Aladdin computer is doing all the trades on the stock market and it's doing it quicker than hu human beings can. So that's scary. But then Taibbi makes the argument that that AI is flagging keywords on podcasts, on anybody talking online, on on written works to where it's flagging you and not putting you in the algorithm as mm -hmm. much if you are saying uh, things outside of the accepted, uh, agreed upon, wanting to be pushed on the ma masses narrative. And I have firsthand knowledge of this. So I made a, I, I made a video one time about, uh, I, I titled it uh, Diversion, or I'm sorry, um, Diversity, Inclusion, and uh, Equity Bombs. This guy went. This guy went to TruthCon and asked some person on the panel, like, "Can you uh, tell us how many diversity and equity bombs have been dropped on the people of Yemen and Syria?" And I started cracking up. But I got over a hundred thousand views on that post. And then, meanwhile, I'll do a promo clip from my show 
and it'll get 30 views. Yeah. And it's probably because I'm saying something conspiratorial or, or controversial. So it, it's scary. You're right. Like knowledge and information is being censored and vetted and, and it's a scary time. I, like, I really feel like, again, this, I, I go back to people need to buy physical books so that they can look to the past and see the way the world was before computers took over. Yeah. And the, the way that we're censored in real time now uh, is insane. I've been on live streams where we've been getting DDoSed. Uh, I've been on live streams where they've tried to break into the server shut it down it was at the time being hosted on a private server they were trying to crack the over ten thousand login attempts in an hour and a half show holy shit see and that's yeah. that, and that's a case being built that's evidence there's more than one podcaster or commentator that has experienced that ryan it's, christian last american vagabond just got his discord server nuked over exactly. the weekend uh, I've been, I haven't been able to make money on YouTube since 2019. I haven't oh, tried in the last several years. I don't even try anymore. Uh, yeah, no, we tried having a clip channel for this show. It does strike after strike after strike. Um, <laughs> then we started another one. I, I don't know how many, I don't know. Uh, Mike, you're writing out a couple. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll go full pirate radio with it if we, you know, we need to and shit like that. But currently uh just getting a toe into rumble which is advertised as you know a youtube alternative um it is monumentally difficult because we've always been critical of peter thiel and elon musk talked about how uh some of the other people involved in rumble um may not be the most you know well-intentioned of actors and so we're blatantly punished for it. It's yeah, it's just part of it is part of it. It's not going to it's it's supposed to make you want to quit. Yeah, to scare you out of the game. Yeah. But I mean, that's what in my opinion, that's what being logical and rational means is that even people that you tend to agree with, you need to keep some level of skepticism and uh, observation of what their message that they're putting out there because there are times where I will be in support of someone and then I'll hear them say something on some show that didn't get a lot of press but I didn't like what they said and now I got to change my opinion of this person because you proved a belief I had about you to be incorrect I'm man enough to change my mind about my my stance on something when presented with new information it's part of what being you know, a truther is right or being logical and rational means and I, I encourage everybody like as soon as you start getting a little too close to somebody that you think lines up with your uh, values and ideals and principles you know you still have to pay attention to what they're saying and doing because people flip people flip for one reason or another or another and that's just part of um, you know principled uh behavior i guess you could say right you, you gotta you know it reminds me of that thomas jefferson quote like the price of freedom is eternal vigilance you can't yep. ever stop paying attention you can't ever stop participating that's what freedom and sovereignty require from its citizens yep and the the you know the willingness to do the work and that's where 
Agree. That, that's where that's where a Agreed. lot of people fall off. That's where a lot of people will then pivot when, where the rubber meets the road, and they're like, "Oh, I actually have to go do this." Yep. Wait, no, because I got a thing that I was gonna watch, and I got Netflix. I got yeah. PlayStation. I got virtual reality. I got PC games. I got you know whatever distraction. You saw that play out. You saw that play out with the whole you're watching it play out on uh, uh, X, the X. <laughs> the everything app, uh, because formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> and there were people who there there were people who know who knew beforehand that Elon Musk wanted to reverse engineer the communist Chinese party's WeChat. You know, and, yeah. and basically turn X into WeChat for the West, and you would have your entire life contained in it. And that's where the—that's the only way people are going to know you. It's the only way you're going to be able to spend money. It's the only way that you're going to be able to communicate with people is via via X. And, and there's people still paying for the mark, the blue check. There's people who are still paying even like a year at a time for that for that check mark who know exactly what elon or know exactly what elon wants to do with it know exactly what it is knows that it's filtering out all real dissent on the platform and they're still running around using it as a way to make money until they feel like they've you know got enough to go somewhere else i guess I th- but it, that's not how the platform's being engineered, and you know that. There's, they're trying to make it so somewhere else isn't an option. Uh, human beings are fallible creatures <laughs> that make mistakes more often than not, I often say on my show. And, you know, this goes right back to being diligent and vigilant and being staying aware and staying connected. It, uh, you know, human beings, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make bad decisions. And it, 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 in, a, in a world where you are constantly bombarded with ways to not pay attention and not do the hard work and not uh, remain disciplined and, uh, you know, having resolve in your decision making, um, it's tough. It's an uphill battle. I mean, I, I made that argument before that. Even the, the propaganda and the social engineering and conditioning is so powerful that even those of us that are aware of it <clears throat> are still victims of it. And, and it's, it's tough. It, it's, it's a constant battle for all of us. Even those of us that know what's going on, it's hard not to get swept up in the crowd, you know? Easier said than done. That's true. That's true. Especially if you're intentionally, intentionally placing yourself, you know, in crowds or... <laughs> you've got a work situation where you really are, you know, one of the only like one or two critical thinkers in your entire building, <laughs> shit like that. I mean, I know people, I know people go through that. I know they do. Absolutely. I, I mean, I've been, I've experienced that before where uh, the small talk that is occurring in the social situation that I'm in at that moment is difficult to tolerate after a while i've been in a couple of those spots man and i just i start making jokes 
yeah, that's the best and, way to do it. Humor them with some truth. <laughs> and and yeah, usually usually one of those jokes it, it gets uncomfortably close to the point. You know, that's a good way to tackle it, man. Very small. You got to meet people where they are. You know, can't overwhelm them. They're already overwhelmed. You know. <laughs> <laughs> kick baby in the door steps. let me tell you about the lizard people yeah. baby steps <laughs> they're drinking the blood of infants yeah. Yeah. can you hear this i actually have that uh they're freaking aliens clip by alex jones can you hear this let's try it here i am not getting can you hear anything. that at all I'm not getting anything off of that. Oh, I don't know how where where you've got your stream. I don't know if you streamyard can get it be a little funky with like where the audio is coming from. Yeah, it's sometimes if my there, if my push buttons were working on the show audio, it's no no big deal. It's well, it, it's a little bit. I it's a little bit frustrating. There's always sound glitch tech shit on this show, and fucking every time I I go do something that's on a different platform. I then have to go back into my entire system settings and reline everything out to match it with StreamYard. And oh, it's, wow. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a pain in the ass. Tedious. Yeah. Shit. I did not know that. But they've got me trained. So <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, I said it's, it's tough to switch platforms and, and whatever you're using to do your show, because once you learn the software, it's it's <laughs> you almost don't want to learn a new one. It's tough to switch sometimes, I think. I'm using old stuff because I'm so comfortable with it and familiar with it. Saves time. So The the new piece of equipment that I have, my current laptop, is underpowered to drive it. So I've back to older tech. I've only I've had, been here all summer, but I've been... I just moved back to California recently. The fucking... I I can't I can't leave the redwoods are magic and they mm -hmm. cast a spell on you and you have to come back to them. That's at least what the people who lived here before we did said I about was, them. I was just uh, out there. I went to my friends live in Fresno. We went to Yosemite and camped at Bass Lake for a while. And oh, man, cool. There is there is energy in that part of the country for sure. It's amazing. Was... It's breathtaking out there just out by yosemite yesterday my my kids live in gold country over there mm -hmm. and uh they were they were here all they were here all summer um but the time for them to go back to school and it is man it's gorgeous that whole part that whole part of california for like calaveras county over to yosemite is just sweeping majestic views yeah. and fuck oh dude it's for great sure. i love it love I had, it i had a great time out there for sure and it's i understand dude i understand i, I, I have previously left california mostly for economic reasons but also because there is an opportunity to do the show in vegas for a year so we did That's um awesome. but uh but it's this is too beautiful to leave to the shit libs I gotta dig in and defend it and try and keep it. Uh, I, you know, I, I lived in San Diego for 17 years and I always wondered when the average uh, Californian voter got the got the message about how corrupt the state government is. I mean, it's bad. It's bad out there. I used to make the joke that in California, even the taxes have taxes. <laughs> they do. 
They do? No, dude. There's a tax it, on the tax. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a tax for the people who had to prepare the assessment for the pre-tax taxes. I mean, and then the Coastal Commission. I mean, you got to check with the Coastal Commission if you want to build anything west of whatever, however far inland from the coast. I mean, it is so dominated and controlled out there. It's, it's nuts. When I lived in Sad Dick, glad you brought that up. When I lived in Santa Cruz County, um, which I did for just 16, 17 years, um, my my roofing boss was in a major battle with the Coastal Commission because you could, through uh, heavy magnification, just about make out a roof line and part of a window. And so, uh, and so he was like, well, okay, if I put, if I put a tree in front of it, you know, and they're like, no, no, as he, well, he was in, I think about a three year battle with these people during which time, uh, enough shit had kind of grown into the way to where it was even more obfuscated. And he finally was able to not have to pay the coastal commission in wow. order to fucking so that he could have his house where his house was already permitted to be they're like no we need a taste too when are they going to start hitting uh um different uh, locations on the coast of california with these directed uh, energy weapons so they they can move some business contracts in a new direction i'll <laughs> tell you what we didn't continue talking about maui i was going to ask you what your take on the whole maui thing was because i feel like we're going to start seeing that happen in more places around the world probably very soon well, i hear new york today something happened in new york city today allegedly Ooh, what happened in new uh, york well, city I at, well, well i was on x this morning and i saw some news post about possible fires uh spontaneously starting throughout new york city today i don't know if that's true do you have a yeah producer jamie get on can you check that (laughs) right right hey it will yeah that's uh something's going on new york city today i saw on x this morning early throw it in the telegram you guys if you see it see another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is... Um... Well, yeah, this direct energy weapon thing, if, do you think that that's what happened in Maui? Well... <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, there's a there's the the direct energy facility is like right behind where one of the main you know one of the fire. I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I know for a fact that there's been a a couple of different conferences or symposiums about how to um, transform Maui to become a, an island of fifteen minute cities that are governed by AI. They were going to use Maui as the pilot program for AI governance. Uh, There's a couple of other things that tie into it too, but it never, I always start at the most, most base level. 
it's really easy to get infrastructure failure. It's really easy to blow a transformer or overload a transformer. It's really easy to pay a couple of fucking tweakers to go out and be firebugs. Oh, yeah. All of these things you should try to ascertain before you go to direct energy weapons started all of the fires. However, there does seem to be um, some significant evidence to corroborate the idea that at least a few of these fires were started by direct energy weapons. I hope to be able to talk to uh, Shelby from the Unjected Show Wellness Center uh, this week. She's on Maui. And has mm. been um, is uh, some insights for sure. Yeah, we'll be able to get some on the ground, um, on the ground reporting from her. It, it, it you never let a good crisis go to waste, sure. right? And so there have already been plans in place to do this with Maui. If a reason presents itself, they're going to jump on it. If a reason needs to be manufactured so they can jump on it, they'll manufacture a reason. Absolutely. And I think that in most of these cases, it's a combination of both. If you can see where there's a fire, then you can go have a few more started. If you can, if you need to create the one, then you create the one. It, we've talked about it a lot on this show. Uh, the what was the proposed high-speed rail path for California before they scrapped the project? Um, that Diane Feinstein's husband's money was all over. By the way, um, all of the wildfires from 2014 to about 2019 were in the direct path of the proposed rail project and then when the rail project got scrapped the wildfires were out of the pathway they were more sporadic in nature i was, I was just going to make that suggestion about the wildfires in california i have some questions about that too i'm so glad you brought that up you're thinking exactly what i was thinking in that moment <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to. I had a bunch of friends in paradise, uh, and I lived in Santa Cruz County. I have friends all up and down the coast, and we were hearing about mm -hmm. the high-speed rail shit. One day, I was finally like, well, where do they really want to put this? And it, well, you could take it, and you could lay where the wildfires were right over the top of it, and it was just like connect the dots. I mean... It doesn't take a lot of investigation and that's the kind of stuff that I, I hope more people get more interested in the podcast game and shows like ours uh there's so much there's so many people doing the work and doing some research and looking into the stuff that it, i feel like it can, it can only be a matter of time before people start going okay i've, I've heard too many things now uh to not think that there might be something to some of these stories and and Hopefully all of our shows grow and and can become a real threat to the mainstream media, government, mouthpiece uh, at some point. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, right? Absolutely. I mean, shit, dude. That's that's the whole point of this thing. And we'll be at uh, every, <clears throat> every Tuesday. We've got Google's most hated man, Ryan Christian. <laughs> Fucking, dude, that guy, can't, he got banned from LinkedIn. How do you get how do you get kicked off of LinkedIn? There are a few people that they just do not like, man. That's I mean, it's there's clearly a concerted effort and we can see it based on the level of 
shit some of us have to deal with more than others, right? <laughs> I mean, Gee, I've been through a couple of laptops, number of phones. Uh, I had a truck get set on fire. Um, let's see. Yeah, we're it's all been... being monitored in some way. That's for sure. That's <laughs> for sure. It's been vivid. Um, well, you've been hanging out for a little bit more than an hour, man. I appreciate you being generous with your time. If you gotta, if you gotta run, you gotta run. If you can hang out for a little bit longer, you're welcome to. But um, yeah, let me know. Let me know what your morning is in uh, in hot as fuck Minnesota. That's not so bad right now. I got some time. I can hang out for sure. Well, cool. Glad to be here. Um, man. There's a a game that that we play with first time guests. And I'm going to remember to do it this time. Um, so before anything else happens, there's been a number of studies that have shown that uh, that music assists with patients and in, in cognitive decline will help them access memories from the era from where that music like came into their lives. And so it can help them with with more memory recall. Um, Andrew, let's say, God forbid, you wind up in in the old podcaster's home and you have a case of the joe biden's uh what are uh you don't have to think too hard about this either but just a, a, a song or two or so that you know would give you memory recall and allow you a, uh, a little bit more access to to your brain that's a fantastic question uh let's see Probably Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana would immediately take me to the time in my life where I developed my love and desire to learn how to play guitar. Uh, Basket Case by Green Day would probably be in that genre, in that era as well. If I heard either of those two songs, uh, those were the two songs, I, first two songs I ever learned how to play on guitar. So I think those two would be pretty uh, pivotal. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I love this game, dude. We've gotten some just wonderful answers every time. I dig it. I do. We had um, uh, Pete Parada on a few couple months ago or something like that, who uh, got kicked out of the offspring because he didn't want to take the jab and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I asked him, and he was like, oh, fuck you. He was like, okay, so I'm going to go by, like, decade. <laughs> he's like, if I heard music from this era, it would do the, you know, he's like, and now I just listen to video game soundtracks with my kids. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have, I have songs that aren't, like, the genre I like, just, but if I hear them, it immediately takes me to some specific moment in my life like with previous relationships like if i hear a song that was like an ex-girlfriend's favorite song i hate when i hear it because i'm like Fuck, it immediately makes me think about her <laughs> fortunately like fortunately i i am uh i'm able to tune out most of the nonsense that most of the my girlfriends have been like oh you should listen to this no, <laughs> no. well i mean it's it's just it's it's in my head though it's a song that oh of course I, you know what i mean like i like the song i'm in the pursuit of happiness i'm in the pursuit of happiness and i know every time i hear that there's just one girl it always pops in my head and i fucking hate that song because of it <laughs> that's fair that's fair 
Yeah, there's. I guess to that point, there's a couple of whole bands that I can't, I can't listen to without being like, ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are songs that if I hear it on the radio, I'm immediately turning it because I hate it so much I can't stand it. Nope. Right out of this one. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna nope right out. (laughs) Yeah. Dude. Jesus. Uh. Yeah, the for a while I couldn't listen to the Mighty Mighty Boston's because <laughs> some dumb chick. It's fine now, it's fine yeah. now. But, yeah, yeah, girls will ruin a song for you. That's for sure. No reason to hate <laughs> the Boston's over it. That's for sure. Yeah, I was oh, cool. Boston's for sure. <laughs> Is there another band who broke up over the jab too? You know, having uh, values and principles is difficult even for popular celebrities, it turns out. Yep. So there was there, there was something that was Maui-related. Uh, oh, wait, I got conflicting information on that, so I'm going to pause on that. Sorry, I didn't see that in the doc. Or I didn't see who it was. Um, let's see. Where'd the thing... Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take a, a little bit of a, a joke break here before we go into the AI stuff again, because I've got a bunch of stuff in the dock that's heavy on the heavy on the AI. Okay. Um, and let's do really quickly while you're doing that. Uh, I have heard the argument on the Maui situation that allegedly there was all this overgrown tree on the lines and they were repeatedly uh, uh, asking, the locals were asking them to do it. Apparently the energy company uh, neglected their responsibility to trim these tree lines and that's why the fire started. So that's another counter possible possible ar- argument on the topic. And that's the, that's the excuse that we're used to hearing here in Northern California from PG&E and, and stuff like that. And then when they finally were like, okay, We'll do line clearance. We're also going to come 10, 12, 15 feet into your yard, and we're going to remove all of the trees, too. We're going to take those. Uh, and no, you don't waste, right? You don't get the money <laughs> for them. You don't get the, we're, oh, and by the way, we just got a contract with the big lumber yard. And it's going to take and take and take just a little bit more whenever they can. Just that, grift yeah. you while the grifting's good. Dude, fuck PG&D. Um, but yeah, on a, a lighter note, uh, Ryan Long is, is here with some solutions to, uh, to the people in your lives that are experiencing, uh, climate anxiety, because we all, we all, we all know that the biggest concern that we all need to have is, is that a couple of scientists got paid a lot of money to tell us to eat bugs because it'll change the weather. So here we go. Perfect. A lot of people have reported that they have so much anxiety about climate change that they have to see a therapist for eco-anxiety, and those therapists have been printing money. Which is why we started the World Is Ending Eco-Anxiety Therapy Group. The only therapy group that'll tell you you're 100% correct in thinking the world's going to end when you think it is. You are valid and you are justified. You can expect a lot more of that for 200 bucks an hour. You are not overreacting. You know other therapists don't even believe the world's going to end? You're a goner. Okay, so a few other climate doomsday theorists have been wrong in the past. Greta, Al Gore. 
or Life Magazine when they said we'd be wearing gas masks by 1985. Your end of times date is correct. Now give us your money. The money is going to be burning any day now. So give us your money and then you don't have to burn it. And for a limited time, we have double ego anxiety super sessions. Double the money and double the do. You're going to be living in the sea in a day and a half. So cram in those sessions. Put it on your dad's credit card. By the time he finds out, he'll be dead. We all will. If anything, you don't have enough anxiety. That'll be a hundred bucks. Stop showering. <laughs> quit your job. Steal. Give us your money. A lot of people have. I love that. That's oh, fantastic. Satire on a whole new level. I love it. <laughs> have you ever seen uh, the bit that those guys do about the the woke man, the racist man, suddenly discover that they pretty much have everything in common? No, but that sounds like something I would talk about on my show. That's amazing. Okay, it, th this is a three-hour show, so I have the luxury of doing this. I'm going to pull it up. Um, okay, yeah. And, and shouts to uh, friend, friends of the show, Ryan Long and Danny Polish Chuck. Um, Shelly, our esteemed producer, who uh, got you on board the show today, um, she's going to go see Ryan Long here in a couple of weeks new york city stoked for that nice. let's bring this up and I'll full screen it oh and probably put volume on it that would help that would help let's try that again when me and brad first met i didn't think we'd get along but turns out we kind of agree on everything your, your racial, racial identity is the most important thing, thing. Everything, everything should be looked at through the lens of race, race. you owe me a coke Damn. We both have a lot of opinions about people of color, even though we barely know any. I say colored people, but as long as we're classifying them, we both think minorities are a united group who think the same and act the same. And vote the same. You don't want to lose your black card. Sorry, I don't know. I just think we should roll, roll back, back discrimination laws so we can hire based on race again. Jinx, now you owe me a Coke. Hey, tell them what you told me yesterday. White actors should only do voices for white cartoon characters. Been saying that for years. Stick to your own. Us white people, we have so much privilege. I agree. It is a privilege to be white. Ask him about interracial dating. All I said is that black men who date white women have internalized racism, and white men that date ethnic women are fetishizing them. Guys against interracial dating? <laughs> yeah. Am I being pranked? Did Boomer put you up to this? Ugh, you know that taco place is white-owned? White people should be making white foods, like Kraft macaroni and cheese, no seasoning, not even salt. It's like he's a mind reader. I mean, I've been pushing for segregation forever, and my man does what? I created an improv comedy show exclusively for ethnic people. Guy segregates comedy on my birthday. White people need to stop wearing dreadlocks, and they need to stop appropriating black people's music. Shaved heads and country music, the way God intended. You know all white people are racist. I'm listening. Even if you have a black wife or a black friend group, you're still really racist. You know he just kicked the guy out of the organization for having a black girlfriend, but if you can promise me he's still really racist, we'll consider letting him back in. Black people should only shop at black businesses. I guess the only thing we really disagree about is I think white people are the root of all evil. But what did I tell you though? If we can narrow that down to a certain group of tiny-hatted white people, I think we can come to an understanding. Technically, I don't consider Jewish people white. Neither do I. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Lots of nuance and uh, intelligence in there. Those guys are smart comedians. I like, he should write a show. He should, he, he, that uh, kind of content would be the makings of a good show, in my opinion. I like they, that. Uh, <laughs> somehow, when Danny was on uh, last month, he said that, like, he's somehow friends with or his friend is friends with Martin Shkreli, the fucking oh. 
So they had him on their Farmer show. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, dude. Dude, those guys are fucking yeah those guys are absolutely crushing it and, he, and... Ryan, his stuff is in the algorithm i see his reels quite a bit so people are watching his stuff already that's that gives me some hope <laughs> in, in some strange way i went and saw him uh, uh saw him on my birthday this year uh it, and they, it, it was fucking phenomenal yeah absolutely phenomenal uh no, dude. And then Danny Polishuk has a great show called Low Value Mail. Um, and, and it's very entertaining. I would Low love Value Mail. <laughs> Low Value Mail. Um, <laughs> they do, no, they do great work. And they're, they're willing to have conversations with people uh, who are, you know, on the, the no-no list as, as far as like, which doctors you're allowed to talk to or which oh, journalists yeah. you're allowed to talk to or stuff like that. Um, the, I guess the response from a number of comics during the whole lockdown thing, the ones that, that either saw through it or gradually saw through it, even if they got suckered into by their agent or whatever, taking around to the job, watching comedy kind of find its balls again has been very 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 rewarding and, and i i just yeah it's all been my hope the whole time for music too so i, I love that you brought that up because so i i was the floor manager for american comedy company in san diego uh for six seven months uh, right before i uh, decided to move back to minnesota and uh, I've always been a big fan of stand-up comedy working at that venue i have so many menu uh memories from working there it was amazing um I'll never forget doing shots with Charlie Murphy uh, a few months before he passed. That was amazing. Um, lots of great memories from that place. But, yeah, I've actually, in the earlier episodes of my show, uh, and everyone that knows of my show knows I talk about George Carlin and Bill Hicks all the time. Uh, I know a lot of their bits verbatim. Louis Black, too. I, I play some Louis Black bits on my show from time to time. Uh, stand-up comedy is a big part of uh, my thing and my experience in history and I love it too. I love that that there has been a resurgence and there needs to be even more of a resurgence of ballsy stand-ups coming out here and daring to be great like the old greats for sure. This is definitely a show that that goes to to the the first church of of Carlin Hicks and Pryor Again, sure, um, Patrice gets played a lot on this yeah. show too. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was I was in, had to be in a had to be in a vehicle for not almost nine hours yesterday. So I listened to a whole bunch of Patrice. Listen, I had my kid, <laughs> my kid listened to Richard Pryor doing Mudbone. Oh. Um, <laughs> And if you guys aren't familiar with Mudbone or that character or those stories, like go, go revisit Richard Pryor and Mud. I don't, I would love to see someone do a character like Mudbone in 2023. I do. Well, shit, we could pl plug it into AI. Richard Pryor will be born again. <laughs> That's creepy. No, I'm, I'm not going to do that, Andrew. I'm not going to. <laughs> hey, the futures look like I said, blessing and a curse. What can't we do with AI? <laughs> I mean, you know, Tupac's coming out on stage at Coachella, and you know, 
we've all seen the deep fake videos going around. So, sometimes I wonder if, uh, you know, President Biden's wearing a skin mask. Sometimes I wonder if that guy is an actual human being or is that an android Terminator underneath there? We've been joking for a long time that there's at least five Joe Bidens. There's got to be. There's got to be. It's ridiculous. But you would think that you would think that like they would at least make them competent unless the whole point is to show you that you can have a puppet in full mental decline, mental freefall. You can have that guy as the leader of the free world, and everyone knows that he's not making any of his decisions, but you can't say it. You can't say, well, obviously this is a handled human being. Sounds like an occult magician mind trick right there. I'm gonna, we're just going to present you with an environment that suggests certain uh, uncomfortable realities to you, and it's a test. Let's see if you rabble masses of idiots rise up and do anything about it. I feel like that's how they operate. They put it in your face and they say, let's see if you guys uh, take action. And when you don't, cool. This is the new status quo, and now we're just going to introduce something new, and slowly but surely over time, slow usurpations over time, we'll get to one world government, and that's how they're doing it. You know what's funny is that there really does seem to be like a push-pull with the presidents over the last several decades where they're like, here's a complete blethering idiot. Oh, that doesn't work? All right, how about a handsome guy? Oh, that doesn't work? Okay, let's go back to the idiot. He's at least kind of lovable. No? Okay, here's a fucking monster. That doesn't work? Here's a fucking idiot. Try the idiot again. That doesn't work? Here's a different idiot. You're going to watch this idiot go into fucking Alzheimer's in real time in front of you, and you're going to feel bad for him, but then you're going to go, you know what? We kind of want a smart guy, so let's get a smart guy next. We'll do that. Okay, that didn't work out so great. Here's another fucking idiot. And then, it did that. okay, well, here's a smart guy, and he's even he's even a different color. And he's super smart. It's like WWE. It's like, honestly, like, uh, one of my favorite quotes was, uh, politics is WWE for people that think they're smart. <laughs> and when I think of that quote, it reminds me of Albert Pike. When the people want heroes and villains, we will provide them with heroes mm-hmm. And villains. Lots of crossover between the fantasy world of professional wrestling and the reality that you and I are living in. Together. You can't get more crossover than the WWE Hall of Famer being the fucking president. That's as crossovery as it's gonna get. <laughs> They're all actors. They're all until we get actors. until we get President The Rock. <laughs> that might. Co- you, hey, don't don't hold your breath. That might happen. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We've got the idiot now. The, I mean, Jesse Ventura is the governor of my state, so I mean, it's not off the table. It's not off the table. Yeah. Hollywood gave us Reagan. I mean, come on, people. Come the entire on. cast of Predator, I think, has had a, held a government office. That's a good point. I think so. Oh yeah, Arnold, Arnold, the governor. Oh, yeah, they're, they're clocking there. Boy, I, I heard yeah. that one. <laughs> Chickens are clocking. <laughs> that's, that's, not even, that's, not, that's not even the one that usually comes up here. <laughs> I, had a, I had a show get interrupted by some chicken. <laughs> Fucking jumped right up onto my lap in the middle of a live stream. 
That's awesome. Yeah. You should clip that and do like promo videos with that. <laughs> <laughs> My dog before has like cr literally crashed a couple of streams, knocked cameras over and stuff <laughs> like that. Back in my early days, my dog would I, he would bark all the time, and I would be like, oh, pause, <laughs> clip, edit, like I had to start over. I was like, man, you got to really be in a quiet spot sometimes for sure. Yeah, you can't pause. You can't pause the live. The live, you can't kind of roll with it. I love it though. I I can't. Yeah, I'm. I like organic conversation. Yep, from live streams, it's it's not so formulaic, and you know, kind of dive into stuff you didn't didn't. Uh, expect to talk about maybe i love that kind of stuff just free flow stream of consciousness you know i'm, I'm a poor planner anyway so <laughs> um let's see where'd the fun ai weird shit go um oh okay well let's do uh let's do this because it's kind of tracking with a lot of what we've been talking about um i will pull this up over here so this is out of of fizz.org the public may overestimate pushback against controversial research findings so the the idea that you know a study that contradicts what the narrative says people seem to be getting more comfortable with that Controversial research can put people on the defensive may even lead to calls to censor findings that conflict with a particular ideological perspective. However, a pair of studies published in Psychological Science uh, and Jesus, uh, suggest lots of people. Yeah, suggest Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, research findings will fuel public support for harmful actions. That's hilarious. So, that's it's like good. circular logic. It's circular logic. With this set of studies, we learned that expectations about scientific consequences might have a negativity bias. We found that participants consistently overestimated support for harmful behavior reactions, behavioral reactions and consistently underestimated support for helpful behavioral reactions. Those more likely to overestimate harms tended to be more supportive of censoring scientific research. You don't say. Yeah. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Well, I like that they're... I like that they're them. doing this because it does force people to examine their biases. For sure. That is the silver lining. Absolutely. And I always, it, but I, I always wonder how many stories uh, are fed, though, too. But, like, like, being able to check your sources these days is becoming more and more difficult, too. So, like, you really do got to think about it for yourself. You got to come to your own conclusions. Tough. Well, and you need to be able to put it together with what you already know and how it relates to a couple of other different things usually because none of this stuff is, is isolated none of this there's nobody's entering the ai race at this point um on a large scale for any other reason than government contracts and that's where mm -hmm. science is gone that's where most of r d is gone that's where all of this shit is been funneled into the state and innovation for the sake of making your something inside of your home more functional mm -hmm. you know what i mean we're like you used to have you know oh if this you know piece of 
farm equipment or if this, you know, this tool that I'm using to make this thing that only had this, it would be way better. Then you improve yours and then you go, oh, hey, maybe somebody else would be into that. Uh, and that becomes something that can revolutionize an industry, whereas what we have right now are, is the state captures all industry and says you can study these things that will benefit the state and will implement technology to the public based on how we can best manipulate the public with that technology. Mm-hmm. But there aren't, yeah, there's, people have just become so disincentivized to innovate or create for any other reason beside that in these sectors, in these sectors on major scales that we're not seeing the legitimate benefits of what these technologies can do. It was a really long way to say that. Yeah. Well, no, that's, I mean, you make good points. And it reminds me of, uh, you know, that speaking of George Carlin, his famous, you know, it's a big club and you're not in it speech, where he says, um, uh, oh, shit, I just completely lost my train of thought on that. But anyway, he talks about that, like where these systems are, you know, I don't know. It's it's hard to. I completely just lost my train of thought right there. I was listening to your chickens clucking. Yeah, no, it happens. <laughs> my dude, it just does. Off. <laughs> Fuck it. It's it's almost hypnotic. Goddamn dinosaur kittens. What were we talking about? I completely just blanked right there. Fuck. Well, the whole the whole thing. <laughs> Fucking Shaniqua, damn, damn. They're getting down. It's party time. Wow, dude. <laughs> It's all overcast and shit. It's all chilly. We're apparently getting some like, we're apparently getting some Hurricane Hillary up in here a little bit. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. What are your thoughts about a, a hurricane coming uh, near uh, California from the direction that it's allegedly coming from? That's rare. I mean, it seems harpy. <laughs> it really does. Seems a little harpish. Um, we're, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't dude. I, it's the goddamn weather machine, Andrew. It's the goddamn weather machine. It's, it's you don't get hurricanes in this part of the, you just don't. If they would have called it a typhoon, if there was an earthquake off the coast of Chile or something like that caused a fucking typhoon, I could see that. I could, but, yeah. but hurricane. I don't know. Apparently, it wasn't like super hurricaney, but it did flood the Salton Sea. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so I mean, it's just it like is. a little salt bed. If if you guys aren't aren't familiar, you live down that way. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, it is. Uh, I think I talked about this on one of my last ep- my recent episodes too. Is isn't it funny how the group of people that are telling you that climate change is being caused by uh capitalism out of control and industry and uh you know all all that that argument and then at the same time it just so happens what they're not telling you is that they have the technology and the capabilities to create and alter the weather so it's like they're creating their own demand And and i made the parallel to fiat currency and the federal reserve and the banking system it's like it's you it's it's weather usury (laughs) in a way you know what I mean? It's like they're just creating their own demand with the narrative. They're controlling both sides. And 
it's, it's, that's what the intention is, the Hegelian dialectic to keep you under control. And it, it, and it's perfect with the weather thing too. If they can control the weather and then they start saying, I mean, with the big pharma and the medical industry, it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to start telling people that climate change is making, is creating situations in parts of the world where people are getting sicker and are getting more disease occurring, what a perfect storm. Now they can get you the new vaccine. They can get you the next big pharma pill to help you with the new environmental climate situation that you're living in. It's a perfect storm. It's the method that they're going to introduce world government, in my humble opinion. Well, and they're ramping up the, the Rona again in case I've heard nothing else sticks. Alex Jones just said that in October, get ready for more climate lockdowns and a new variant coming out of uh, Canada. So let's we'll see about that. Right. You know what? Maybe I should pull that clip here real quick. His, he know. goes off on his. I mean, he's already good at somber delivery of controversial topics. But that one, I was like, dude. And, and I, honestly, sometimes I have questions about Alex Jones's. Oh, sure. You should to the big club. You know, <laughs> has he been turned? How do you have fifty-eight million dollars to spend on a trial uh, because of the Parkland Kins or whatever that story was that they put in our face? Yeah. Was he a fall guy? Does he really make that much money? How does he make that much money? I mean, lots of questions with Alex Jones. That's all I'm saying. A little skeptic. Hey, man, supplements pay. All I'm saying, skeptic. I I I think that I think that um, I think that Alex Jones has a wonderful fucking gig being the demarcation line for the allowable parameters of conversation in a legitimate media space. That's a really good way to say that. You should quote that. That that. <laughs> That's a good quotation from the show right there. I love that. <laughs> it's a really good way to describe Alex Jones. <laughs> and, and I mean, I don't know, dude. I've got, I know people that, that are involved with InfoWars that get to do and say whatever the fuck they want. And there's no, like, there's never any, like, this is what the agenda is. This is what we're we're putting out. I've hung out with Rob Dew. He doesn't seem together enough to be captured. Uh, <laughs> quite honestly, I love the guy. He's fucking great. We had, you know, um, a little bit of a mess. I mean, everybody in that business is, dude. It's fucking. It's a lot, dude. It's a lot. Um, but this is what this is what uh, this is what Alex had to say uh, the other day, as far as the TSA goes. And we'll take a listen to this, and then it is. It's interesting that relatively shortly afterwards there were a handful of resurgence of corona stuff in the news so i mean take that with it really want i coordinated it, effort yep yeah yeah so it is that that begs the the question then is this the the controlled opposition from the pushback side being shown to you ahead of time before the news broadcast come out about it so that you stay tuned to that fucking sphere which by the way this is the guy four years ago was telling you to vote for donald trump and that he was on the phone with q every day so 
You, you know, some very great points there, my friend. Yep. <laughs> I have had these similar thoughts myself. Yep. I yeah, I I try Creep not. Aside, to. look at Alex Jones's desk. I mean, the, how many stories does this guy have laid out on his desk? Holy shit! It's beautiful. <laughs> That's the 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 production is is to be envied. I'll never <laughs> I'll never get there. I know that. Uh, some people it's easier to look at paper in front of you than look at a screen and read off of a teleprompter. I guess. Whatever works for you, man. I would kind of rather do that, although I do know that they have these super fancy uh, prompter things that, like, based on the angle of the camera and the way that you're sitting at the desk, it's showing you at basically eye level on the desk, and it doesn't look like you're looking down reading something. It looks like you're looking at the camera, mm -hmm. but you're reading. It's whatever. Um, cool. I need one of those. <laughs> right i did yeah i need something all of that i don't the, all this shit just falls out the side of my neck uh, <laughs> anyway let's take a listen to aj here real quick see what this is ladies and gentlemen i got a call yesterday an individual was in town and they wanted to meet with me that i know well and they are a high level manager in the tsa And I went and met with them. So dramatic. And had a cup of coffee with them. And they said, you got to warn people. <laughs> Tuesday, we got called in, the managers, and told that by the middle of September, that the new policy is being written, that this is done. They were told this is happening. This is not hypothetical. You will all have to wear masks again and so will airport employees. Then by the middle of October, they are going to say that everyone flying has to wear a mask. Election. And in the meetings, people began to ask them, well, I mean, why is this happening? They said, well, because of the new variant in Canada mm -hmm. and because of the WHO, they may you know, declare this, but regardless, We've been told this is going to happen. And then they were told, we expect by December a return to the full COVID protocol of 2020-2021. And I was given many more details. I wrote down notes on it. Then I left. Called the first federal connection that I was thinking of. Didn't answer. Called the second. Answered. Told them what I've been told. And they said, what day was that? I said, Tuesday. They said, yep, we were told yesterday, this is, yesterday was Thursday, so it was Wednesday, expect COVID protocols to begin rolling out middle of September. And I said, what else were you told? Basically that they believe this new variant's super bad and that they're doing the testing and that they should just get ready for a whole new 
rollout of what happened before, and this was Border Patrol connected people I was talking to, and testing at the border again in the whole shooting match. That's two federal agents that told me this yesterday. And then I went and looked at the news, and there they were saying Canada's looking at new restrictions again because of the variant, and so is the EU. And what did the Russians just put out three days ago? U.S. is plotting another pandemic. Russian head of the defense ministry warns. Now, new lockdowns will starve the third world. New lockdowns will destroy small businesses. New lockdowns will take the average person that's already $5,000 in the hole, and their paycheck is, is, is just on time. We'll put them into full bankruptcy. And the children in the mask and the, the attempt to push a new shot for the new variant, and we're right back in the same hellhole we were in just a few years ago. And why is it perfect timing? Because you go into the election year, they had the last crisis go over two and a half years, they'll bare minimum run this through the next election, it's only 14, 15 months out, with mail-in ballots again, and we have all the eyewitnesses and testimony, that they'd get the mail-in ballots, and in some cases, they were 99% for Joe Biden. Who believes that? U.S. Postal Service whistleblowers, USPS, poll-watching witnesses. I, I have it all here. We'll play it next hour. We do not have to sit here and take the same criminal UN, global, WF, New World Order regime's second rollout of lockdowns and attempts at forced injections and travel restrictions and being told you're not essential. We don't have to lay down and die. And for the third world, but they'll lock them down again under IMF World Bank control. It is a literal death sentence. They estimate over 80 million people starved to death the last three and a half years because of the COVID restrictions. So. So. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely been discussed since, you know, they were doing the first one that, yeah. that, and I mean, I, I know that I wasn't the only person early to say stuff like this, but I mean, they're, as they were implementing the lockdowns, we were talking about how it looked like a live fire exercise and, they really did get a feel for who was gonna jump in line and who wasn't. What the fuck are you guys even doing down there? So that's that's what I was gonna <laughs> let say the was... dog out. Can we do that? Can we let the dog out? Maybe he'll be like, "You go over there." Ah, uh, listeners, the joys of the live stream. <laughs> they, I mean, you know. So, so this is what I was gonna say. Remember earlier we were talking about Biden and how maybe they show. Like, and you were talking about the presidents, how they show you something that you just get so sick of. And then the next person that gets nominated is the polar opposite. You know, the first thing that uh, pops into my mind is George W. Bush. People were so sick and tired of him by the time it was time for him to get out of office. They voted Obama in, which was the complete opposite, farthest away from George W. Bush. You could people could possibly think of. And this is the same thing. It's that slow usurpations over time Hegelian dialectic argument yet again. Let's 
test the people a little bit more with the same bullshit and see if they do anything about it. And the more people don't do shit about it, the more rolling out of lockdowns and protocols and bullshit they are going to perpetrate against the American people. So it's a choice. Fear or love. Fight or surrender. Humble yeah. No, I mean... Opinion. This, it, what are you it, gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? Shit or get off the pot? That's my opinion. Well, and it's it, it, the people who want to maintain control of the narrative and ultimately control of your free will, mm-hmm. your thoughts. Exactly they're right. Very open about it. Well, not the you. least bit shy. They're not even hiding it anymore. I used to say that all the time. I'm like. The conspiracy, the conspiracy theorists twenty years ago in the era of uh, uh, Bill Cooper, William no, Milton Cooper, and Jordan Maxwell, and all those old school cats, uh, David Ike, like these guys were sniffing this stuff out, but when they were still keeping it under wraps, now they're telling you, they're having meetings and panels where they're not even hiding it anymore. So the fact that the average person still is just like cognitive dissonance, I'm not going to believe that this is even on the table of possibilities, is embarrassing. It's laughable to me. Like you are just clearly not accepting the reality that you are witnessing with your very, your own eyes. You know, it's just, it's baffling to me. It boggles my mind that people can't see this stuff. It's a, well, and that's a choice. It, it is at this point that's a choice uh, and there's people who try to unring the bell you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. uh, and it never works out very well for them since you brought it up though i will remind everyone that you can get your very own uh bill cooper on a pale horse t-shirt at the am wake up show uh store yeah. nice i'm glad i could factor in a promo for you that's awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to to Johnny Larson, my my friend who actually drew it because we're um I have another one that's the the Unabomber sketch and, and it says OG and like bubble letters it says you know because why not have fun with it um and he drew about, that too. I always thought about making a shirt that said "What about all the good ideas the Unabomber had?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which and hey, if you read Industrial Society in its future, as I often do on airplanes, it, you, <laughs> you will um, you will come to realize that he really did. He wasn't far off on a lot of stuff, man. A lot of stuff really hit the nail on the head. There. Controversial to admit that, but I'm sure there are <laughs> countless people that agree with that statement. Yep. The entire time during Corona, the thing I would do this get every time I had to get on an airplane, sit down. Take my fucking, you know, mask back off. Not having to get, try not to get yelled at, whatever. But mask off, fucking pull up the laptop, open up Industrial Society in its future, start reading, hit a cigarette or a fucking vape pen. The entire, nobody said shit. Not once, not ever. Hmm. Wow. I don't know. They, the the FAA uh, official on board didn't come and shut that down or whatever? No. no. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. No. 
Tampering with airplane smoke detectors is punishable by... Well, yeah, if you go into the the lavatory and do it like a <laughs> schmuck where they got the sensors that fucking go off and let... No, you hit that shit right there in your seat. That's amazing. They just blow it down. Yeah. Smoke by the time by the time it's on its way back up, it's already dissipated. You're not using one of the fucking choo-choo shits or anything like that. If you don't shit, no, get... I'm try it. If you're getting away with that shit, why not? <laughs> Dude, it is a. Everyone assumes that it's somebody else's problem. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, we we, we love passing the responsibility on to other people. Oh yeah, Americans, if they're good at anything, they're good at passing the buck of responsibility. That's for sure. <laughs> it was a uh, at my my uh, my lady's dad's house the other night. And he was talking about, he's a sound engineer. Um, and he had been flown over to Soviet Russia uh, on behalf of Sony to go, with, you know, record some shit, edit some shit, something like that. I don't know. Anyway. Make um, the dog movies? Cool. Cross-cultural project, whatever. <laughs> and he goes, uh, he goes, man, the hardest part about being over there was getting anyone to make a decision because nobody wanted to be responsible for the if there was a mistake so you it was just because the consequences are much steeper than they are in other parts of the world and so that was that was the biggest obstacle and i'm thinking like i see this happen all the time where people are in such paralysis because they don't want to say anything that's going to be out of pocket or they don't want to have an idea that's rooted in the patriarchy or something like that and so there's people who have been put into the exact same spot of fuck, fucking chickens god damn it uh put into the exact same spot of like relative stasis because of it and it's a, a consequence of it's another consequence of ideology. And there are people who argue that has roots in the same sort of ideological fucking the you know, branches of the same ideologic ideological tree to begin with. So yeah, that's, maybe there's uh, that that reminds me <clears throat> excuse me, that reminds me of uh recently uh, I think Rogan said on his show um how um the, the people in like communist China self-censor because they know the consequences of not playing the game and uh, you know, the communist protocols are, you know, people, American woke kids don't realize how communist life really functions in the real world. Uh, and they won't ever know it if they don't get their head out of uh, what the schools are teaching them. And if they don't get out of this country and travel and have the opportunity to see other parts of the world. I mean, I came back and saw the United States with new eyes after I traveled around the world when I was in the military. I had the luxury of getting to experience that in this life, and that absolutely affected my the creation of my worldview, how I viewed the world and how I see topics, concepts, uh, different morals and values cross-culturally. Uh, you can't... I mean, it helps you learn so much more about what you were told in your schools and your upbringing when you compare uh, 
everyday life for the average citizens and other places in the world. And you're right. Um, Rogan in that statement, he was talking about Biden and he was like uh, talking about how uh, they self, people self-censor because of the social credit system and and the control that CBDCs are going to are going to, you know, bring eventually and how China is the model for the United States. It's scary. It's scary to see that it's like this race. It's this race of are enough people going to wake up to the reality of what's happening soon enough before they get all these Orwellian brave new world, you know, this new technological caste system, 15 minute cities, you know, uh, how did Huxley describe it? Painless concentration camps where you're going to have your freedoms taken away from you, but you're going to rather enjoy it because you're going to be bombarded with entertainments and concessions uh, enhanced by pharma, uh, pharmacological methods, and this seems to be the final revolution. And that's what's happening. That's what it looks like to me is exactly what's happening. Who's yeah. going to win this race? I mean, they're, they're telling you you'll own nothing, but you'll be happy. So I, it's, uh, and then we got these guys um, with, with the AI weapons race. Exactly. <laughs> this, exactly. Here's another race. Yep. Fuck it. You know, hey, slaughter bots. Why not slaughter bots? That's that's cute. Let's call them that. And look, I understand that every time I do an AI story, there's like eight nerds that fucking flood the comments, and they're like, technically not even close to AI, and there's a scam. It's not. It's it's not AI for real. I get it. I get it. I get it. This is the the whole point of this show is to provide you guys with solutions to living in a technocratic panopticon so if we're not discussing what they're what these guys want and then go but you could also do this uh, then there's you know it it would probably get preachy and i'm not good at that no um yeah (laughs) it's uh what yeah let's read through this what are you what are you scrolling through right there okay well that's because this is a web archive thing, it's just uh, it, they're bullet pointing the article. But yeah, John uh, Jan Talon helped build Skype. Founder of the Future of Life Institute warned the risks of an AI arms race, describing theoretical anonymous slaughter bots. <laughs> this year, hundreds in the AI space signed an open letter calling for a pause on development. We talked about that. And that was initiated My- by Elon Musk, allegedly, right? Didn't he? Isn't he the one that went around and said, you know, that famous uh, seven-mile stare he did on the Rogan podcast where he was, like, seeing the future of AI and I'm trying to stop it and it's curtains for humanity. And I'm like... Which is know? why I founded not one but 17 AI companies. <laughs> exactly. See? And Neuralink. And I'm a defense contractor. But hey. Great point. <laughs> I mean. It's like, li- it's, like, it's like the Batman uh, Gotham City villains. Literally. <laughs> the people doing the, the treacherous evil stuff are the ones that are telling you uh, that they got the situation under control. And the government uh, is your friend. And go back to sleep, America. Your government's in control. Bill Hicks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it seems that. I mean, it really is. It's fucking okay. Well, look, we built the monster, and it turned out that it's uh, it's now out to get us. So 
we're we're gonna go ahead and put a pause on the month until we get uh enough of our friends in government and the regulatory space to where uh, any regulations about ai will benefit us exclusively and you will pay for it tremendously um we're just gonna put a pause on it or let's pause it in the united states but not pause it in china so that they can get so far ahead of the united states that they have the monopoly on the whole cyber ai world that's a conspiracy theory, but, uh, you know, it's all the Well, okay, if you, look, if you look at uh, the National Security Council on Artificial Intelligence's report, like, that they put out themselves, their position is always China's light years beyond our capability in the air. We're behind. We need more. And it's yep. more, more, more. Give us more. Give us more, you know, and we need more money and we need more resources and we need less oversight on what we're doing in order to catch up to what the Chinese are doing. And the Chinese always go, um, no, it's your baby. You may, we're reverse engineering your shit, you know? And so the, everybody's pointing fingers at everybody. They're all basically working off of the, the same core set of ideas that are shared among the people who work on the specific projects. And so, you know, you know what that reminds me of speaking of, uh, Oh God, what was the guy's name? CIA director, William Casey. We will mm-hmm. know our disinformation campaign is complete when everything the American people believe is a mm-hmm. lie. They're yeah. telling you what they're doing, America. <laughs> they're not keeping it a secret. <laughs> no, and the thing is, like, I we used to want they we used to want better liars not because we wanted to be told better lies we just thought we deserved more competent liars <laughs> and it turns out that these guys are just kind they they fucking tell you all the time what they're doing there's a tendency among sociopaths the where they've got to like give it up a little bit because they think they're smarter than you yeah, and there's that argument that there's some belief in some of these occult secret society traditions that it messes with their karma and their energy field if they don't tell you, you know, the devil doesn't, uh, you know, what's that old line? The devil doesn't force you to do anything. It just suggests it to you. And, and then when you make the decision, hey, I'm absolved of responsibility. You made the choice, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't have to believe in karmic washing for the people engaged in it to believe in karmic washing. I don't have to believe that adrenochrome will make me more powerful. If they do, they're going to do whatever they need to do to access more power and more resources and more influence. And so if they're telling you this is what happens... I'm inclined to listen to that more than I'm inclined to listen to uh, a a well-heeled multimillionaire in a new studio going, that's uh, if you, whatever they say is fine, but if you repeat what they said as this is what they're doing, then that's a conspiracy theory. I'm more likely to believe the primary source than the interpretation. Yeah, and it's funny how, I mean, some things take a lot of digging to really get to the heart of the matter, and you never get uh, as good of information as you'd like. But there are a lot of things that I've, you know, carved off 10 minutes of my day 
uh, because of my own intellectual curiosity to look a little bit deeper at something. And you'd be surprised what you can find with 10, 15 minutes of, you know, very surface level investigation, a little bit deeper than the cover story. And nobody, most people don't even do that. That scares the shit out of me right there. Well, we're at what, 80% or more don't read past the headline or are only accessing information in uh, 30 second to one minute sound bites where it shows a headline in a background and it's a head that moves in a whole bunch of different directions around the screen that tells them what to think about it. And so I understand that that's bad. That's why we do a long form fucking three hour show. That's what I was just going to say. That's why the people (laughs) that want deeper investigation and connection to these topics come listen to long form podcasters because that's that's the only place you're going to get it there's a bright future for us because no one else is doing it think about capitalism and market forces (laughs) there's a demand and we will supply well and there's an oversaturation of the really short you know, TikToky shit. There's an oversaturation of podcasts in general, but True. not when you get into specifics. Sure. There's usually only a handful of people that are at the the top of their game on any specific issue or topic, um, or or sort of like overall what you're talking about. And I mean, with comedy, I can think of maybe a dozen people that are doing real fucking comedy mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, and so it's, it's similarly with music is probably you know i could probably think of more people do because it's a little bit more spread out but um with this shit there's really not a lot of people that take the time to do a long form show that isn't somebody else's propaganda and so, yeah, as far as like, you know, reach or space in the market for that, there's a lot of it. There's a huge fucking lane for that. For sure. And like I like I know that my show is very niche, you know, it's very um, specialized, I guess you could say, like, you know, I take conspiratorial government media topics, issues of the day and I and I merge it with you know, punk rock, listening party, and and music history. And, and like, it's, it's a niche show. It's not going to be for everybody. But shows like mine have very loyal listenership. Even if that show ha- doesn't have that many listeners, the, pe- the type of listener that listens loves that niche, and they're listening to every episode. And so it's only a matter of time before more people that are into what you're into start... Uh, you know, find a way to discover your show and then you're gonna, your show is going to organically grow. So I know a lot of podcasters that were in the game for a year or two and then they gave up and quit. And I'm just like, you know, if, if it's becoming a financial and a time-consuming strain for you and all you are in it for is the money, then okay, yeah, quit. But I, I, like, I, I, make, I, t- I say this on my show all the time is that I, even if I wasn't growing an audience and, and becoming more popular, for lack of a better word, I would still be doing my show. I'd still be doing it regardless because it's therapeutic, it's creative, it's it's an outlet for me. You know, throw something at the throw an idea at the wall, see if it sticks. Start a conversation with people, connect with people. That's more rewarding to me than making money off of doing a podcast. So, 
I think there's a bright future for anybody that has something to say and has the dedication and the discipline to get in and stay in the game. Yeah, because it forces you to be creative, especially in the face of all of the censorship that's coming. And there's we've had a lot of talk about reincorporating uh, low tech methodology to this, too. I'm all for the idea of fucking flyer bombing towns with your shit. You know what I mean? I've been doing I'm, that. I've been doing that with stickers and uh, and like Vista print business cards that are promo cards for my show. I'll take, I'll put them in my pocket, and I will plaster bathrooms, street corners, bus stops, outside of music venues. Like I am a constant street promoter, constant. Yeah, and, and I mean, we yeah, we've been talking about uh, like trying to reorganize a, a street team, not just for for this show, but for like the whole T Lab universe and a couple of our other friends and shit like that, and yeah. just have rotating squads of goons going out and I mean, fucking you, you reap what you what, what you sow you know like you <laughs> even if each attempt you only get you know three four five new listeners hey whatever it's progress it's progress yep. it, it's three more listeners than you had before you put in the effort so i'm a big fan of do-it-yourself grassroots salt of the earth behavior <laughs> yeah i i'm so fucking like I have the Bill Hicks approach when it comes to marketing and advertising and anyone involved in it. So this has been particularly difficult for me. Uh, uh, if you're in marketing and advertising, kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no logical explanation for what you do. <laughs> I love Bill Hicks. Oh man. Yeah. Genius. No, the and, and there's you, the, everybody who watches this show knows my my particular affinity toward towards the great William Melvin Hicks. Um, I was, oh Jesus! I just gave Scott Horton props. He pulled out a fucking Bill Hicks deep cut. Uh, he was talking about RFK Jr. <laughs> tanking his campaign over being a rabid zionist that he was like uh oh what's the, the exact the exact tweet's worth it i'll go i'll find it and, and grab it because you know perfect well, I, this is news to me I've been, on the fence with, I've been on the fence with the rfk phenomenon too it's it's you know you hear things that you want to hear and then you see things that you don't want to see and humanity man right Right. No well, there's perfect. No there's perfect. Um, so Horton says, does anyone else get the feeling that Robert Kennedy Jr.'s abject humiliation at the feet of the Israel lobby was just the biggest self-inflicted kick in the balls his campaign could have possibly come up with? It was like turning on the air conditioner in Bill Hicks' Chevette. Damn. Damn. Now, that is a tweet. Wow. Horton. My my guy. I just my guy. yeah. Yeah. No, I gave him like ten trillion internet points for that <laughs> that Bill Hicks Chevette reference. That's awesome. I, hey. one of my favorite deep cuts from him is well, when he talks about the aliens. Aliens land on this planet. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> I the the I think the one that we played the most on the show is the stoned ape theory. Mm -hmm. Uh, the 
and, and yeah, Rogan and that talks whole about bit. that all the time too. Yep. Yeah, that's a fantastic bit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very uh, um, possible. <laughs> I mean, it's a crazy story, but I mean, when you think about the status quo of that uh, point in time, like it very well could have been someone someone started tripping on. Consciously or by accident, and who knows? <laughs> who knows? You you know I the, it, I wasn't there. Yeah, <laughs> I can't exactly. say. I can't I say with any certainty. <laughs> <laughs> it's just as plausible as anything else. I I don't you know For where sure. where do, how do you conceive of language? How do you conceive of formulating thought into? sound that other people comprehend uh, you know I, what's the what's the before there do you have to communicate telepathically so that you come to an understanding what these words or sounds are going to mean and, and what a series of them strung together that i don't i don't know i mean at that point in human history it had to be miraculous or it had to be um, intelligently designed by extraterrestrial life. I mean, I mean, I mean, I find it hard to believe that humans evolved sound into language just organically. I mean, it's possible. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I maybe maybe that's exactly how it happened. But I always think about the jump in the DNA, like the missing link. People talk about that all the time. Like, was there divine intervention in our ancient past in some way, shape, or form that was the spark that created Homo sapien? Who knows? Maybe. Well, there, uh, in the, there's been a little bit of research conducted to it, or at least some findings that would corroborate um, some of the stoned ape theory. Uh, and the scientists found out that Neanderthals because people always get uppity with you if you say it wrong. Uh, Hunter-gathering, consuming psychoactive drugs, a new study's found. Yeah, discovery of human hair strands, burial site in Minorca, uh, Menorca, has given us evidence of drug use in prehistoric times. Research put forward in a new study published in the journal Scientific Reports shine light on drug use throughout history. That's Ooh. right. Um, let's see, scopolamine and atropine, which can cause hallucinations and out-of-body experiences while an ephedrine. Nice. Nightshade. Oh, they were on the nightshade. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. That stuff's gnarly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when people think about drugs, they think it's a modern practice. These results tell us a different story. Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Cluck on. Jesus, dude. This is the one that... They know you're doing a show, man. That's the one. They're, they're telepathically communicating with you. <laughs> this is the one that jumped on me. She's on the, the porch couch, as she used to have that was much messier uh, a couple of weeks ago. She used to get up here and, like, lay eggs during the show <laughs> about seven feet away on the freaking porch couch. Uh, yeah. I'm quick with the mute button. Um, but yeah, Neanderthals on the nightshade, they don't say if they found any anything necessarily fungal, but I don't know if they would. I'm not, Maybe. I don't know. Do mushrooms stay in your hair strands forever? 
I'm, I'm not sure. We're gonna have to. We're gonna find that out. Either, but it's funny that they found a strand of hair and did the hair the hair test drug test on it. That's uh, it's like you know scientific method. How do you learn anything? You gotta test it, trial it. So yeah. How did they come up on Neanderthal hair? That's see there. There is a bigger question. Where where are all the dinosaur bones? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously they were placed here to test our faith. Yeah, obviously, yeah, of course, the fossils were placed here to test our faith. Yes, I've heard this argument before. It's funny that I've I've heard a number of flat flat earthers make the argument that dinosaurs are a psyop. Um, and, and there's some like, have you ever looked into the the dinosaurs aren't real thing? Uh, a little bit. I've heard, I've heard people talking about it and saying that all the bones were in the Smithsonian and all the recreations are fabricated and maybe there's no real dinosaur bones because dinosaurs never existed. Yes, I've heard this before. Yeah, I, I've I've yet to, I've actually yet to see any of these museums claim to have original dinosaur bones. They all say that they're facsimiles. Somebody do some investigative reporting. Um, uh, <laughs> this, this is the makings I'm, of a show right here. I like this. I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's you know it, it's one way or the other. I, I fuck. I'm perfectly willing to believe that there were giants walking around my hometown of Anderson, Indiana, like you know however long ago because the, the I, fucking mounds. I think there's probably more evidence of that being a historical reality than there are dinosaurs, since we're on the topic. We've actually found big human bones. So the the Nephilim, the Rephaim, I mean, very possible. Uh, Ancient Tartaria history that's been wiped off. The scrolls of you know, human history, perhaps. Who knows? Very possible. Well, and you're from Paul Bunyan country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's big fellows up there. Oh, big yeah. fellows. Big corn-fed white boys, that's for sure. I, I, I am willing to entertain the belief that the giants walked around. I, I totally am. I, I don't, I don't see why that's out of the realm of possibility. Although I'm not sure what I'm classifying as a giant. Yeah, well, sure. I think anything over nine feet, really, well, I'd be like, wow, that's a giant motherfucker right there. Off the top of my head, if I'm articulating this correctly, and for those of you listening that. Uh, no, I, I've made a mistake. Feel free to correct me. But I remember hearing a story to where in biblical times, the, um, the book of Enoch and the story of the fallen angels, allegedly when they meted, mated with the human life form on the planet at the time, the offspring of these fallen angels and humanity was this race of giants. And apparently, for whatever reason, the smaller humans over time felt it necessary to get rid of the giants and then erase the history books of them ever existing and then re-implementing some new type of history. You think about Tartaria, you think about the World Fairs. Um, great podcaster, uh, Matt from the Great Deception Podcast, tackles a lot of this stuff. Very, very interesting subject matter. Shout out to him. So, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it goes back to biblical times. Maybe it goes back to even pre Biblical times. Well, and do it. Okay. So Goliath, Goliath and those guys weren't Nephilim. They were just 
giants or just or was goliath like random we found this fucking we've you know somebody threw out threw out a an anomaly and we decided to raise it up and, and make it a, i don't know i can't remember what what his backstory was but i know that he was supposedly a giant yeah i mean i don't know the specifics and ins and outs that much either i just i mean you hear stuff all the time but without evidence and you know without any proof it's hard to say sorry the 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 chickens are getting let Pied Piper away might have a few a few moments of, of chicken free grace. Oh, okay. <laughs> Getting loud as fuck, dude. You gotta get you gotta get like damn near candied mealworms out for him. Be like, here, we're going this way now. Spoiled little <laughs> bitches. The dog doesn't do shit. The dog doesn't care. He's not trying to he's like, I'm not these aren't sheep and I'm not a chicken dog. So I'm, I don't know what you want me to do out here, buddy. I'm gonna lay down. <laughs> yeah. Thanks pal. I was like, fuck that. It's cold out here. I'm gonna get back up under the covers. <laughs> so what, where in uh, Northern California are you? Did you say you're in Redwood country up there? Uh, yeah. I'm in Sonoma County. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, Wine country. It, yeah, unfortunately, uh, the, the suck the water table. Dry. The wineries have sucked the water table dry so freaking much that they mm-hmm. want to put a desal plant up the road a little bit. And, That's crazy. and well, I I'm pissed about it because there's fucking 40, 60 miles of dead coastline right off the bat. That's not great. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I got uh, I got a buddy's uh, one of my best friends his family they're uh, rice farmers up in uh, Chico Willows area and they've had to rotate their fields into walnuts and all this other stuff because they just the crop ain't coming in there ain't enough water I mean and then when you think about how much alleged um, food and and crops and and whatever China is allegedly stockpiling and storing and 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 growing while bill gates is buying up all the farmland and people are getting pushed off their farms in the united states i mean it's a scary situation to see what's going on i mean i i kind of made this argument very topical you know surface level on my show recently that china might be targeting the united states but in every possible way but militarily they're doing it through the finances they're doing it through the infiltration and the buying up everybody's homes and we kind of touched on this earlier in the show today. Like it's it's interesting to keep an eye on China and see what they're doing without a lot of media coverage on the topic. Yeah, you the you you have to you have to at least uh, as far as much as you can always examine what other authoritarian states are doing. I think in the case of the U.S., more of the more of the core issues you can trace back to the bank of international settlements. Oh yeah. Uh, you can look at, you know, the, the affiliate networks that trickle down from there that become Mm -hmm. the de facto policy of not just the United States, but all of the NATO countries, the EU, all of that shit. I described Uh, it on one of my shows as the bank for central banks. Yeah. It's the bank. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, and that's what I did to August, Augustin Karstens, the job of the hot motherfucker that's in charge of it right now. The, that's what he calls it. It's the bank. It's the bank of banks. You know, that's what we do. And he's that. Those are those are the people uh, that have decided that in the middle of all of the shit with Ukraine, in the middle of potential turmoil with the Taiwanese and the Chinese neat little nobody's really talking about much uh all the shit going on in south sudan which is another u.s russia proxy war um now france is trying to go to war with niger because niger was like hey we produce 80 percent of your uranium and we've still got people living in mud huts in the dark so we're gonna change that um turns out there is uh, much like a, a school for the Americas, the CIA runs. There's also a Chinese school for African leaders. There's basically how to turn your military junta into a state apparatus that runs as your central government. Yeah, it's all going to be proxy. I, I actually heard in the future... It's all going to be proxy wars because I've heard that they're actually training uh, militia groups and possible terrorist uh, sects down in like Ecuador, Uruguay, Brazil. There's countries in South America that allegedly have training grounds right now. Uh, I work with a guy whose family's from Ecuador and he told me that his brother lives down there still and his family and everyone in their local community is getting run out and are getting afraid and are basically fleeing because of what's going on with all the messed up training grounds down there so scary and who knows how many of those people are coming across our southern border right now well let's at least be feel fortunate that they're only trained in jungle combat i mean you know we got that going for us i mean i guess that's a silver lining of terrain wise right (laughs) not going to be able to grid search manhattan that way yeah yeah good point (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I try to be a good finder. I do. I, it's what cracked me up about Tulsi Gabbard's fucking Predator reboot video that she did uh, like a while back. I don't know if you saw this or not, but she's doing like jungle training and then talking about how she went to like the fucking desert in Africa. Mm-hmm. And it's, but those two things don't, you're, not isn't going she a, isn't she a world economic forum young world leader young global leader so okay there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of of hubbub around that thing and lots of like whitewashing about what it actually was yes she was invited yes she was a part of it she stuck around for a year or two she bounced mm. um i i think that i think that uh it's she's interesting because she has got a fucking cult. Oh my god, dude! She's her true believers to this day. They they pretend that she's still an elected member of Congress. They pretend like she's already automatically on every presidential ballot. That you know that they are convinced that she hovers two inches above the ground. Uh, and, and it's just, it's amazing the way that she's been able to like just captivate, you know, at least 2% of the country, which is a lot more than most of us can say. Yep. Um, 
and and I think that she's totally willing to uh, to play a part and be a part of the machine and be a part of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and so that makes me very distrustful uh, of everything. She also works at the civilian psyops division for the National Guard. So that that in and of itself, when she got promoted to lead the civilian psyops division, I was like, well, <laughs> that coincided nicely with her nighttime news slot, you know? The, oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Now you're on to something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she. I, I've been back and forth with Tulsi over the years. Uh, I liked a lot of stuff she said back in the day, and then um, I've heard her say a few things where I'm just like, you are so out in left field on this issue. But it, that goes back to my thing. It's like, you know, we're all human. Nobody's perfect. Some of us are going to be really good on some issues. Some of us are going to be really shitty on some issues. So... Yeah. Well, to to bring it back to something you said earlier, the Albert Pike quote, I mean, she is definitely someone from inside of the system that's been presented as an outsider hero. And I don't yeah, know yeah. how much I don't know how much more inside the machine you can get than running the civilian psyops division before the U.S. National Guard. Well, as your, your and you still had your National Guard job the whole time that you were a sitting member of Congress, where you had like the number two position in the DNC. Yep. And then she flipped on the Democratic Party, and that was a nice uh, uh, beginning to her media darling tour, where she went on every show talking about how she just had to get out of the uh, the Democratic, you know, the DNC. And you know, it, again, you're right. It is. How many of these storylines are fabricated for a reason and how much of it is reality? It's tough to say. Well, here's the great thing about it, though, man. You don't you most people, especially in that situation, are going to behave in such a predictable manner that you don't even you need to do less running of them. It's a little bit more hands off than maybe even 50 years ago when you had to like walk the CIA goons into the office and have them sit down and be like, so we're going to show you the film from a totally different angle. You know, that's mm-hmm. it, it's it. I think that people have had enough conditioning, have had enough. Uh, examples of what happens when you step out of line that getting yourself involved into the business of politics in the first place comes with a significant amount of understanding and, and oh, really? the well and awareness uh, of what your what your parameters are oh for sure and so you sense. can get people to do more of your work for you based solely off of the you know laying the the foundational groundwork of slow drip mk altering the entire population yeah and that's you know that's another thing that i I feel like people are maybe vaguely aware of but i i mean anyone that listens to my show knows i i hammer this home all the time that there is how do you know that the the person with the R and the person with the D next to their name that they're running in these debates and campaigns 
I mean, we've already seen what happened with Bernie Sanders. Everyone got him out of the way to pave the way for Biden. We've it happened to him twice. He bitched out for the DNC twice. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, I know for a fact that there was a conversation uh, in the RNC during the Trump campaign for certain people that were running to get out of the way and get on board and make the way for Trump. So these people are, are selected. They're not really elected. And when you get these intelligence community people and the CIA operatives, and some people even make the case that Obama was a CIA operative. His code name was... Um, God, I forget what it was. You know, Barry Sartoro's uh, son who ran all the death camps in Indonesia. Like, you hear all these stories about these politicians at that level. You know, it, it is an Albert Pike Freemasonic coordinated WWE, they're all actors situation, it seems I'm, like. I mean, yeah. it's verifiable that both of Obama's parents were CIA assets. Right. It's verifiable that his mom's dad was i think navy intelligence yep and this, yeah, is my I, point. this is my point is like how how much of a of a theatrical borderlining on comedic charade is the debate season during an election year pumped out to the masses on the mainstream media news networks it is a tv show my fellow americans it is fantasy <laughs> i mean Not and real. this is this is why this is why we need some parody to to counter it i yeah. i fuck the one the one wish that i want to come true right now is that there is just sort of some sort of high profile mockery of, of this upcoming fucking election like, I really do think that somebody with the audience of, like, a Joe Rogan or somebody like that has to hold a mock debate. Well, everyone's trying to get Rogan to have Trump on. Patrick Bet David was just on his show, asked him point blank. Uh, you know, Rogan's been saying he wasn't going to have him on for the longest time. And in my experience with, let's go, let's take it back to pro wrestling. When you're selling a fight, you got to do a lot of promo. And if you build that promo up and you give little teasers about what the, the fight's going to be like six months in advance, everybody knows it's coming. You start building that suspense, and then on the day of, boom, you make millions of dollars because the whole world's watching. And that's what I feel like is coming with Rogan. They're, they're, they're setting the stage for Trump to be on that show. And when he's on that show, get ready for <laughs> propaganda meets uh, truth and reality, it's going to be interesting to see what that show entails when Trump does Rogan, if it actually happens. I, so th what Trump did, the, or what Trump's doing, I, where he's like, no, nah, I'm not even going to show up to the for your first little debate. I'm going to go hang out with, with Tucker Carlson. <laughs> like, the, that kind of shit, that pro wrestling shit, I mean, we've seen Trump hanging out with Dana White like oh yeah they're buddies oh yeah pretty solid for since he's been out of office mm -hmm. and i'm sure that between dana white <laughs> joe rogan donald fucking trump jesus christ can they bring kid rock in for it can they just to round it out can we have a nice little panel with well, what and burt kreicher to get some other humorless fuck 
out on, onto the stage as well that's been telling the same goddamn joke for the last 23 years and that's the only fucking joke they got let's bring that guy out another one of those guys out too i'm, I'm sorry no, I, no I'm, right. I'm sure bert kreitzer's a nice fellow i've but, heard nothing but nice things about right him. and i see what you're saying but but my i agree with that like like there has to be a business incentive to align yourself with certain powerful high profile people and people on that level that want to ascend to a higher level of popularity and riches and fame are going to very judiciously line up with certain people and then they're going to have business cross promotions between whatever they're doing and it's going to be mutually beneficial financially for both parties and that's what i mean that's the nature of human beings i think we're you know as soon as we get into a group we start operating on group mentality and Sometimes that's uh, for the worse, not for the better. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, I mean, especially with the campaigns coming up, you're going to start seeing battle lines and voting lines being drawn. People are going to start aligning with other people. It's going to be a hell of a show. It's going to be a hell of a TV show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, with that, I think I'm going to go ahead and, and wind down. I got some uh, producers to thank for the the show today um and that's a that's about i did a bunch of stuff in the dock but i've got a ton of shit that i gotta do as well so i think i'm gonna jump off a little bit early and get on that um andrew thank you so much my friend thanks uh, for having me great great chats i can't believe uh uh the coffee worked well enough for me starting at nine o'clock out today here we are uh my day is off and running now my brain's going in a million different directions and uh uh, yeah, have me back whenever time, uh, whatever you like. I'll come back and uh, again, thanks for having me. Hell yeah, let everybody know where they can find you and how they can keep up with you. I enjoyed this. We'll we'll do this again for sure. Uh, politics and punk rock podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, social media. I am Andrew for America on everything except for Facebook. Uh, on Facebook, my page is the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Go check that out. Uh, go to soundcloud.com slash andrew for america 1984 to check out my music. And if you would be so gracious to go to the Politics and Punk Rock podcast playlist on Spotify, where I am assembling an amazing punk rock playlist with all the bands I've ever featured on the show. And I'm trying to become a curator uh, of a playlist uh, on there. So like and follow that if you would. And uh, five-star reviews on my podcasts. Uh, is always helpful with those uh, pesky algorithms to keep me uh, coming up and uh, keeping me aware in the public consciousness. So come check me out. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah, man. Thank you. Thanks again. And uh, me and the chickens are gonna gonna wind down the show. Uh, do come back, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hell See yeah. See you soon. Take care, you guys. Um. <laughs> I love the flag. I do. It's fucking that's fantastic. It's great. Um, you guys rock. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for being a part of the show. Andrew, we'll see you. We'll see you soon, my friend. Take care, my friends. All right. Take care, brother. Andrew for America. Politics and punk rock podcast. That was fucking awesome. Rad. Um, yeah, you guys rock. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being a part of the show. We, we cannot do the damn thing without you. It's a, a value for value gig. And if you're not familiar with the value for value system, it, it works like this. Every time you see the show, 
whether it's live Monday through Thursday, 7 to 10 Pacific, or uh, anywhere and everywhere else thereafter, it's going to come to you for free. Um, there's no subscribe to this to get that. There's no paywalled nonsense. There's no advertising or sponsors. It's you guys. If you see value in the show, whatever that is, whatever that means to you, send it this way. That's how the show works. Um, handful of different ways that you can contribute a couple of things that that we could use some assistance with specifically being time talent and treasure time talent because there's just a couple of us trying to make the whole thing run huge thanks to chris by the way for saving my ass with the newsletter not once but twice turns out uh the one that was in the can never went out the uh one that i had spent five different versions trying to put together and then ultimately like add the email to myself and then email to chris that eventually went out it it took way too long and it was way too frustrating but uh i'm very thankful and appreciative to chris for making that happen um because i didn't know the fuck how i was just trying to write the stuff um so huge thanks for that all of the details for the meetup this coming sunday uh are it should be in both of the the newsletters that went out i will again reiterate the location details on friday's newsletter do hope to see you guys we're gonna do uh a beach barbecue and uh barbecue up some oysters some other stuff should be really really fun i think it's gonna be a great day for it so if you're anywhere near the Sonoma County area and you would like to participate in that, go to amwakeupshow.com, click the button, subscribe to the newsletter. Do that anyway. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Um, I think we, we should have the sending shit sorted out. Um, let's see. Uh, clips, promo, marketing. If you could help out on that and email the show or email Shelly. Uh, Shelly at amwakeupshow.com, especially for the clips. You can email me at amwakeup at protonmail.com. Um, on the treasure and the over on the rumble, we had a thank you, Vicky Lynn. Thanks for having Andrew on. Another voice of sanity and clown world of thinking the sane aren't the minority. AM Wake Up coming through with another white pill to help get through the day. That's what we try to do. Try to do. Um, let's see. The, let's see. I think Andrew, thank you for the Venmo. Appreciate you very much. Um, TK, thank you. Now you can buy a piece of toast. Bless your heart and mind. Thank you, TK. Rob Juno, appreciate you very much for the chickens. Nice to meet Andrew. Thanks. Thank you, Rob. Um, let's see. I do hope uh, Rankass Chris's kiddo gets to feeling better. Should be seeing him tomorrow. Um, somebody else coming in tomorrow besides ryan i can't remember um champagne joshy i think this wednesday uh for the the wednesday good day for revolution wednesday segment with our good friend t snyder thursday uh as always texas slim for some beef intelligence but we are also going to be hanging out with midnight mike from our big dumb mouth friend of the show back in in back in the swing of things i we'd only been hanging out with mike on fridays and he's got hella busy over the summer and all that kind of stuff so i didn't know if he was available any other day than friday turns out he can make it for a little bit on thursday so that's rad um it is a union of the unwanted monday 
So I look forward to seeing uh, at least a handful of you guys in the, the live chat for the Rockfin on the Union tonight. Um, good stuff coming up. Good stuff in the works. Thanks for hanging out, you guys. You freaking rock. And, and we'll see you soon. Good luck to us all. All right. How's it going? Welcome back to the show, my fellow Americans. I hope you enjoyed that very long interview. Like I said, there isn't going to be any punk rock today. Uh, but I am releasing this episode on 9-11. And I'm not going to talk about 9-11 this year because there are far too many podcasters out there doing a fantastic job of going over it and reminding uh, the, the people, you, my fellow Americans, you, me, all of us, uh, what happened and who was behind the planning and the masterminding of that pivotal world event, 9-11. And Charlie Robinson from the Macro Aggressions podcast uh, just did a recent show, 366, where he names names. He names all of the inner circle of what he calls Les Circles, which is an insider's group of people within the Council of 300, the big manipulators and world planners that pull the strings and make all the important decisions and are willing to kill many 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 people in order to achieve their ends so here we go i want you guys to take a listen to charlie robinson naming the names instead of doing a whole long episode about what happened and who's involved here we go do some research on these names that charlie robinson runs by you right here here we go take a listen this is the working out of the the macro uh, to level information of 9-11 and this is what these guys were doing okay now we know about the project for a new american century the neocons zionists inside the bush cheney administration there there's a venn diagram of overlap between lesser kell and pnac for sure so I'm going to do this. I want you to think of these members. I'm like I said, I'm going to name I'm going to name the five masterminds of this operation, not quite yet though. But what I'm going to do first is I'm going to name members of Lesser Kell that were deeply involved in 9/11, but not the masterminds. This is why I want you to understand that it's not just Zionists. It's not just PNAC but it is an all-star team within this group that had a deeper level of commitment to this. And when I mention these names, the hair on the back of your neck is going to stand up because you're going to say, how the fuck did I never hear about this group, Lesser Kell? And yet all these members are the most dangerous people in society. Well, you haven't heard about it because they don't want you to hear about it. So let's start with this. And this is in no particular order, but I'm going to start with one of the worst human beings around. Donald Rumsfeld was a member of Lesser Kell. John Bolton. Henry Kissinger. Zbigniew Brzezinski. L. Paul Bremer. Alan Greenspan. David Rockefeller. Paul Volcker. 
Richard Pearl, Benjamin Netanyahu, Shimon Perez, Paul Wolfowitz, Antonin Scalia, Ted Shackley, chairman of the America version of Lesser Kell, Ted very, Shackley. Very important. Richard Armitage, Louis Free, Chuck Hagel, Richard McCormick, the now current chairman after the passing of Ted Shackley. And last on the list, Benazir Bhutto, Pakistani prime minister. Um, this is not everybody that is a member of the group. This, these are just the American side eh, and a couple Israelis in here, too. Okay, people. So there you go, truthers and conspiracy junkies out there. Uh, copy and paste those names and start doing some research. And a picture will surely form. And I uh, allow me to emphasize, like Charlie Robinson does, if you continue to listen to this episode, his episode 366, I believe, where he recaps 9-11, names the names involved, Ted Shackley. Go do some research on Mr. Ted Shackley, and you will be quite surprised, <laughs> even for a guy like me uh, that's into this stuff. When I learned about Ted Shackley, boy, and Donald Rumsfeld, for that matter, I mean, these these devils walking this planet are real living, breathing human beings, or were real, living, breathing human beings, much like Henry Kissinger. Seemingly not for long. I guess he's aging. Uh, but Kissinger's in there as well, people. It's a big club. And I was actually incorrect. This Lay Circle group that uh, Charlie Robinson was talking about is a council within PNAC, within uh, Lay Circle. So, like, you're talking about a small group within a group within a group within a group, much like the secret societies, much like the Freemasonic orders, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, people, uh, go check out those names and do some research on 9-11 if you really want to know the real story and not the story that the mainstream media fed to you useless eater useful idiots I love you guys thank you for listening I'll be back soon good night we'll see you next time this has been Episode 158 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast, entitled Appearance on AM Wake Up. We'll see you next time.